All right, everybody. Good morning this morning. Hello. And we are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. And yes, it's Radio Free Almond and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I gradually added a couple of new things. One, a picture of a stolen Santa. And this was one of my original. I'll put some pictures up tonight of my of my Santa Claus, my lighted plastic Santa Claus collection. Ben Murphy, thanks for your efforts. Ben actually texted me over the weekend a picture of a plastic lighted Santa that he found at an antique store someplace. And it turned out that I actually did have it. It was the Santa with the blue present in his hand. And I told you guys that I had maybe... Every single plastic-lighted Santa, I'm talking about vintage plastic-lighted Santa, ever made, ladies and gentlemen, ever made, and that was confirmed by Ben Murphy, none other than Ben Murphy, when he texted me over the weekend, and he texted me a picture of the Santa, and it was one of the plastic Santas, and it had like a... uh, uh, a, a gift or like a present in his hand. It's, it's the Santa with the present in his hand. Now, some are yellow, some are blue. Most of them are blue. I have the yellow one also. But this one had the uh, blue thing in its hand, and it was uh, – I think I can actually – I think I can uh, actually put a picture in the, in the, in the comment section of it. But he, but he asked me if I had this one. I had the check because he was going to pick it up for me, and it was forty uh, something bills or something like that. And uh, I, uh, I, I had to get back to him after I checked it, and it turned out that indeed I did have the plastic lighted Santa with the blue. I knew I did because I know my Santa, uh, and I know my Santa collection, and I. Uh, I will tell you that I'm. Let me see if I can find it here. Hold on. I will uh, see if I can put the put. I think I can put a picture in the comment section. I thought I, I thought I did yesterday uh, when I when I put the picture in there. Let me just see if I can do it. Let me see if I can do it, people. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Oops. Oops. I'm way way behind on my audio here. Hang on. Let me just. Uh, oh well, I guess not. I I you yesterday when I was doing a post. I was able to put it in, but I guess when you're commenting and you're live, you really can't do that. But I had I had a picture that it was it was blue, and Ben texted me and said, "Hey, do you have this one?" And I said, "I definitely do have it," and indeed I did. So anyway, this picture is of the plastic lighted Santa, one of the motorized ones I had that was actually stolen off my porch on New Year's Eve. But I had a picture of it nonetheless, and it was uh, in my little collection for a while but i did take a picture of it because it was the coolest thing because it was a plastic lighted santa that would that would that, that that had this grinding motor and it would go up back and forth and back and forth like he was laughing and somebody stole the damn thing off my porch and then this one is a little wooden um i don't know where this came from somebody gave this to me and then finally as i promised you guys i was going to bring my uh my one of my my favorite thing that I put up there on the on the Facebook page, by the way, my favorite decoration of all time, that is my uh, Walgreens plastic lighted nativity scene, and it just so happens that you saw the pictures up there. I I, get, I put it on the uh, on the Facebook page yesterday, so it's up there, and it had uh, 
It was made by the same people that do the Billy Bob Big Mouth Bass, you know, the talking bass, and it's got that classic red button on it. And it's the same, it's the same technology. It's called, uh, they're called Gemma Industries. And I bought this at Walgreens like a long time ago. And I, I really love this thing because it actually is multi-pronged. Like for, for what it is, I mean, I think I bought it for like 12 bucks or something at Walgreens. And they don't sell them anymore. In fact, I think I, I found on eBay um, one of these things. And it was uh, a uh, it was for like eighty bucks on eBay. So I I, I don't know. They, they, it must be some kind of collector's item or something now. But it has it it's, has the whole story, and then it lights up. So the manger lights up, then the star lights up, and then there's another light that comes in off the top there and underneath here. And it um, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there came wise men saying, "We have followed his star in the east." And have come to worship him. The star lights up. It's pretty elaborate for a a Walgreens toy. But I love this thing. While shepherds were guarding their flocks at night, the land suddenly became bright with God's glory. An angel told them, this is the most joyous news ever announced. The Savior, the Messiah, has just been born in Bethlehem. I think it needs, I think it needs some new batteries in it because it's kind of, seems kind of slow to me. Either that or I'm, I shouldn't ask them to speed up the birth of Christ, but... I think it's actually running out of batteries. I'll put another battery in there. Don't worry, Jesus. I'll put another battery in there for you. See, it's pretty cool. I love this thing. So anyway, it was like it was like twelve bucks or something like that, and it's one of my favorites. So I, I put it up there on the website. You can see it in all of its full glory. But that's pretty. That's pretty elaborate. Uh, a pretty elaborate deal for just like some Walgreens toy. But they don't sell them anymore, and it's one of the reasons why I love going to Walgreens. But Walgreens has kind of lost its. Uh, uh, lost its uh, yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? I mean, that is, I mean, I love how they have even the, the the technology, the different lights and stuff on it, and the story. And I'm like, wow, that's that's Walgreens. That's pretty darn cool. So uh, I think you can still find them on eBay or or still find them, but the, maybe, but maybe that's the original one. And I bought that a number of years ago. And so anyway, brought that in, put that on the thing. I'll gradually decorate this desk and. Uh, make it even better, but yeah. The, so that's my and this, but I, I don't know why I had a picture of the one. I I must have taken a, I must have had some kind of premonition or something. That it would disappear on me, but I took a picture of it and wow. All right. Speaking of disappearing, I don't know whether you guys uh, heard about the disappearing act known as uh, Brett Kavanaugh, but that's what we're going to talk to Judge Napolitano about when he joins us at about 7.20 today, and also Cation's going to be in at 6.30, uh, probably to, to, to I, I guess, I, I can't f- remember, was it was it Monday that it was a foregone conclusion that President Trump was going to be going to jail or was going to be indicted or something, and then 
now I guess the, the the talk now they're now they're back to calling him insane and unstable and all that kind of stuff and uh, apparently now apparently it's a, it's the prosecutor in Manhattan who's supposed to be indicting President Trump once he leaves office so uh, we'll we'll wait for 2024 for the big drama to unfold there but in the meantime uh, the left has nothing they never did and they won't and they've got Elizabeth Warren. And maybe Ocasio-Cortez, who just discovered that she was part Jewish. So we'll see how that goes for uh, old Marquesa when he comes in. Uh, but Suzanne, don't worry. He, they're going to stress you out too much. Don't, don't you worry about a thing. He's, you know, I'll take care of him. That's why we have him on, just so we can make sure that we, uh, we know where we stand whenever Kasin comes in. Uh, we get it. We get it. Anyway, so Brett Kavanaugh, the whole uh, – and by the way, did you see that Dr. Ford – uh, might be in the running for the uh, Times Person of the Year. So we're back to that crap again where we've got to worry about who the Person of the Year is, where uh, I got news for you and I got news for time. We don't care about the Person of the Year. Nobody That, that whole thing is so, is so jump the sharky nowadays. Nobody cares who the time person of the year is. That's one of those things that has become that thing that most of us have moved past. Most of us have gone past that whole deal with the person of the year thing. It seems so 1970s and time magazine itself is 1970s but the person of the year thing is so 1970s it's ridiculous and we have been there done that got the t-shirt boom who cares nobody does so yeah that's going to be a thing now and and they might do it just to kind of of course you know whenever you lose so monumentally the way the laugh loss lost on the Dr. Ford thing and the way the left screwed the pooch on the Kavanaugh deal and, and, and the way we got him confirmed anyway, in spite of it, it was like a second 2016 election loss. It was just another loss for the left. And this one was probably uh, as bad in their minds as the loss of Hillary Clinton, 2016. It, It was as bad and it was as devastating and it was as humiliating and it should have been because uh, they really swung and missed on that one and uh, the Kavanaugh deal. So nonetheless, it does appear that the threats on Kavanaugh and the claims that somehow he was going to be uh, not balanced and that he was going to come in there as a right wing crazy, everything else. Apparently, all those claims and all those uh, things worked. Because Kavanaugh decided to be one of the votes on the Supreme Court that begged off on dealing with this Planned Parenthood issue in a legal access over uh, whether or not you can, as a state, opt out of funding Planned Parenthood. And, of course, what happened is uh, they the anti-abortion groups – at, at one point, and this included, for instance, James O'Keefe and the others, they released videos that showed 
Planned Parenthood, at least this is what they said it showed. And, and to my knowledge, I mean, I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, well, that seems uh, fairly, fairly clear that happened uh, about selling fetal tissue. And at that point, several states said, you know what, we're not going to uh, do public funding of Planned Parenthood. And what happened was, is all of the Medicaid uh, programs in these states were allowing for the provision of Planned Parenthood funding. And some would say the videos were discredited, but that really actually didn't really necessarily work. Uh, but so Medicaid patients in Kansas and Louisiana, two of the states that said, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. What they did was they took action against Planned Parenthood. And so uh, they, the, the, the two states that took action against Planned Parenthood said, we're not going to do this anymore. So these Medicaid patients all claimed that they violated uh, Medicaid's requirements that patients have to be free to seek their health care from a qualified provider, blah, blah, blah. They basically sued, uh, and, 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 they're, and they maintained that uh, that – they should have access as Medicaid patients to Planned Parenthood. And lower federal courts said, yeah, you're right, you should. And they, and they, and they forced the issue. So what happened was the states decided they were going to appeal this. They wanted the Supreme Court to decide once and for all, basically, whether or not states can make individual decisions on whether or not they should be funding Planned Parenthood. I mean, it seems to me to be a perfect case for the Supreme Court to decide on the federalist model as it relates to the Supreme, uh, to, to abortion and Planned Parenthood. And this was a great position for states' rights. This was what we really uh, needed. We needed this thing to go before the court and for the court to decide once and for all what the situation was going to be with states' rights here. So Clarence Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch all said that the court should take up these particular cases, and we ought to we ought to we ought to follow through on this and and and, and take the case up. But guess who decided they weren't going to want to take the case up? But you have to have. I believe a certain number of justices to say we're going to take the case before they take the case. So it's kind of like a vote before the vote. So John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh both decided they were going to be two votes against the Supreme Court taking this issue up, against hearing the case. So you had Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch saying, hey, uh, we need to take this up. We, you guys can't just not take this issue up. But you have Roberts and Kavanaugh, in my opinion, and I think they're right about this in, in, in writing dissenting opinions, which is very unusual for the court to have three dissenting opinions. We had a situation where three of them, Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas said, um, you guys are abdicating your judicial responsibility. You guys are not following through on your responsibility to deal with issues that are very, very important to not only states' rights, but abortion in general. So it looks like Kavanaugh, in my opinion, caved. 
And it looks like Kavanaugh was making a decision that amounted to sucking up to the left, to his detractors, to the people like Dianne Feinstein, sucking up to them and making a decision that would be something they would approve of. So all of Kavanaugh's detractors are now very pleased with Kavanaugh's actions here since he did something that, in my opinion, abdicates his judicial responsibility, but he did something solely, it seems, excuse me, to please and suck up to his detractors, which isn't a good thing right out of the blocks for the one guy that we fought for to be on the Supreme Court to pussyfoot around with the people on the left who didn't want him there. And we had many different circuits that were brought to appeal on this thing and who who ruled in a variety of fashions. But Clarence Thomas said, said this. Uh, he said, the question is important and recurring. Around 70 million Americans are now on Medicaid, and the question presented directly affects their rights. If the majority of the courts of appeals are correct, then Medicaid patients could sue when a state removes their doctor as a Medicaid provider or inadequately reimburses their provider. Because of this court's inaction, patients in different states, even patients with the same providers, have different rights to challenge their state's provider decisions. Uh, This isn't. Uh, really uh, ultimately just about the patients. This is about states' rights. And and it says here, he says, state officials are not even safe doing nothing as the cause of action recognized by the majority rule may enable Medicaid recipients to challenge the failure to list particular providers, not just the removal of former providers. So if a state just simply says, well, we're not even going to list we're not going to we're not going to remove them as a provider. We're just got, not going to list them as an option. That's going to be one of our things. They're still vulnerable. So again, it it sounds complicated, but and 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 uh, obviously Judge Napolitano will cut through it for us. But but the headline on this whole thing is that we have we already lost Roberts a long time ago. Roberts is seemingly uh, they call him the moderate or the swing vote, but the fact of the matter is. He tends to be more liberal than anybody ever imagined he would be. And then you have Kavanaugh, who, in my opinion, let everybody but Dr. Ford, Dianne Feinstein, and the left-wing crazies on the U.S. Senate Confirmation Committee, everybody but them unhappy. And so this guy that we fought for, this guy that we fought to get on the bench, uh, it is first major decision, in my opinion, punted and didn't stand up for states' rights, or for that matter, people who don't believe that we ought to uh, that, that, that we ought to be as states funding Planned Parenthood. Uh, that, that's just, and so that's what we got. And who knows whether or not this is just Kavanaugh doing it just one time where he's going to He's he's going to make this play this one time and just kind of like kiss the ring of the left or whether this is going to be now a habit 
as Kavanaugh attempts to refurbish his reputation among the left. But boy, it's uh, it's it's not a good day when you got a guy like Kavanaugh who has decided that this is going to be what he does. The first time he's presented with any kind of uh, deal on this on this thing, Uh, the first time he's presented with it, he lets us down. So. There's Brett Kavanaugh for you. And that's what happens when you have beaten a guy so savagely. And, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm not making excuses for Kavanaugh. I don't believe he had a reason to beg off on this decision. And the only reason he did was to please people who criticized him and try to, try to prove them wrong. That's, that's, that's bad justice right there. That's, that's not being a responsible jurist when you're taking actions that are solely designed to please your detractors. It just doesn't make any sense, but that's uh, where we're at. Also coming up a little later on, there's a claim that uh, somehow Batwoman is that. They're trying to make a lesbian version of Batwoman, but we'll get into that just a little bit. And when Kaysen's in here, uh, we'll, we'll let him get away with a couple, you know, Donald Trump is going to jails, and then we'll then we'll shut him down. Also, by the way, out there uh, we have uh, you guys know the Never Trumpers have been going crazy uh, lately, especially the the ones who are constantly trying to make stuff up about Donald Trump, and constantly the ones every time you turn around they're swooping in on CNN or MSNBC. One of the great examples of that is none other than David Frum. Now, as you know, David Frum was a speechwriter at one point for uh, GW. David Frum ultimately was was fired from his job because he was bad at what he did. And during the Reliable Sources deal on uh, on Sunday, he was on with uh, Steltler, and and Frum is now with The Atlantic. And... uh, he kept on these guys keep on going through this with this rap that somehow Donald Trump is dangerous. Now keep in mind this whole idea of the silent coup that the left as well as their adjacent never Trumpers are trying to exact. I don't think they have any idea what's coming down the pike for them if indeed they're successful. What they have also already done is created an atmosphere where President Trump, it's hard for him to be successful. Uh, Even under any measure, this guy could cure cancer, and he still is not going to be someone who is uh, respected by the news media or anybody else. But just look at what's happening, for instance, in France. And I'll get into that a little bit later on. Because there's a a really interesting article that came over the transom on the weekend that, that, that talked about how America may not be far behind in this protesting that's going on there, which now we firmly establish that, of course, what's happening in France, this isn't a bunch of left-wing loons. These aren't a bunch of crazies out there. These are working people, as, as evidenced by the fact that the most violent confrontations all happen on the weekends because they, they're, they're – they're, out on the weekends because they are working. They're the working class. There's going to be a time, and I'll get get to this. I'll get into this a little later on. But there's going to be a time when 
middle America and most normal Americans are pretty much fed up with how things are starting to operate in this country. We haven't quite kind of gotten there yet because we've been able to kind of keep a handle on uh, the the immigrant influx, the illegal immigrant influx. And we haven't just simply opened our borders like France and Germany and other Western European countries have done, thus creating a very tense atmosphere for the middle class. Like, for instance, when I was in Italy, you didn't have that angst. And it's not just about not wanting foreigners in a foreign country. It's about not wanting more people to come into a country where they are – they're just taking money from the government, where they become uh, government dependent, and they're in that situation where uh, they just they just uh, aren't really useful. They're here and they're squatting and they're taking money uh, from from the government, and and, and 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 they're not doing anything. So the people who are trapped in the middle are the people who are working. And in Italy, you don't have that problem because the Italian government has gotten a firm grasp on its borders. And so it's not putting pressure uh, on, on, on the Italian population, the people who are the working class of Italy. For instance, if you go to Italy right now and you're in a cab, you're in a cab driven by Italians. You don't just you don't just have some subclass of an immigrant population doing all this kind of stuff. And if there are immigrants, for instance, in France and Germany, most of them are on welfare. And it's true here in the United States that many of them are on welfare as well. In fact, there was a figure, and I can't. Uh, I'll have to find. I'll have to find the figure. I was going to deal with this uh, last week, and I, I didn't do that. But if you look at the percentage of individuals who are here illegally and even, for that matter, as immigrants under our whole desire to, you know, uh, make America diverse, most of these, a lot of these individuals are actually on public assistance Uh, and, and, and that might not be in itself the worst thing in the world. But the fact of the matter is, like it has happened in France, when you increase gas prices the way they did, and we're talking about uh, $0.25 cents, uh, f- uh, f- on a liter of gasoline in, in Europe as it is, $0.25. Cents. Now, $0.25 cents is a lot of money to the working class there, especially those uh, many of those who drive for a living, and also many of those who live, for instance, outside of the city of Paris, but drive into Paris. So there are a lot of people in the rural areas of France. Well, now I'm talking about it, so I might as well talk about it. In the rural areas of France who are driving to work. They're not taking the TGV, as Marcation would claim they, they're taking. They're driving to work. These people are being crushed in between uh, Parisians, wealthy Parisians who don't have to worry about increases in gas prices and a bunch of migrants who don't have to worry either because the government pays for anything anyway. The, the government pays for everything as it is for these 
just these people who were squatting there. And so you can imagine why the middle class is so pissed off in France, because they're the ones who get hurt by the whole thing. They're the ones who get hurt by the social experiments that Macron is, is making. And by the way, he did apologize for it. He went on the air a la Ceausescu. He's lucky he wasn't standing on the balcony. Things could have wound up just the same for Ceauce- as it did for Ceausescu in Romania. But, but nonetheless, he finally did retract some of it and even offered more tax cuts. But the reason why the Yellow Jackets were out there to begin with is because they were the ones who had to bear the brunt of the ridiculous green social experiment that Macron decided he was going to uh, involve himself in. And so, uh, so the middle class, they're the ones who suffer. And it's not dissimilar to how people feel in this country, and it's not dissimilar to the, to the people that President Trump was reaching out to in the 2016 election. People who are watching a bunch of lazy-ass people, whether they're immigrants or not, just simply taking a check from the government, and people who are very wealthy and don't have to worry about anything, uh, and, they're the, and the middle class are the ones who are getting their asses in a vice when the government decides to toy around with stuff like increasing taxes or increasing regulation or that kind of thing. It starts to make the middle class angry because they are the ones who are bearing the brunt of all the games that government is playing. And the U.S. isn't far off in that situation, but all the left in this country needs to do is look and see what's happening over there in France, because you keep on pushing, you keep on trying to act like you can create a country like that here, we will have absolutely none of it. So that's the situation. I'll get to David from in a little bit. I've got the national anthem to play and Kaysen to bring in, and we'll uh, we'll deal with that in just a little bit. Also, by the way, there's an update on, on Ted Cruz's beard. Did you guys uh, see that Ted Cruz grew a beard? And now the reviews are in, and even some liberal reporters actually like the fact that Ted Cruz has a beard. They say he looks good with the beard. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem.
Like this music there, Marcation? The, the music is fine. I, I, I listened to some of the stuff that you were saying on the way in, and I almost crashed my car, but that's okay. You got to listen to some nectar every once in a while, buddy. Yeah. I listened to this when I was a kid. Facebook doesn't even know what I'm doing here. They, 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 they're, like, they're, they're, they're all going crazy and he's playing nectar. Yeah. Get him. At, at, you say since you were a kid, aren't we still kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. In, in our minds, we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you have a beard. I was, yeah, I have a nice one. This is a, a Ben Bernanke beard. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Did you see uh, Ted Cruz's beard? No, I am not interested in him. But well, but 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 Ted Cruz grew a beard, uh, and it was right after his election. Yeah, if he could grow a brain, he'd be okay. <laughs> Good one. How long did it take you to work on that? I mean, I'm seriously, how long did it take you to work on that? Half a second. Well, apparently, uh, I, I don't know. He, I, Ted decided he wanted to kind of like get more of a, uh, maybe like a, a, a hipstery type of, I don't know, maybe with, with Beto being kind of the groovy Bobby Kennedy guy, he decided he was going to get a, a beard. Like so, like, so, for instance, you know, a lot of people are uh, – He's, it works for him because he's got what's called a weak chin. And beards work out really well for guys with weak chins because it gives them a jawline that they really don't have. So You so forget it, you're talking about a guy whose father was involved in killing Kennedy. Yes, but, I know. I yeah. mean, we forgave him for that, though. Yeah, okay. We, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, we, we're, we're over that already. <laughs> yeah. So generally, though, so, so anyway, Cruz has what's called a weak chin. And so... A beard gives him a jawline, and, and guys sometimes a lot of guys will grow beards because otherwise, if they didn't have one, they'd look like uh, the dude on NBC. What's his name? The ferret-looking guy. Who's the, who's the uh, guy who does the anchoring on MSNBC? Who has the goatee to cover his double chin? Oh, you're ta- Chuck Todd. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Todd. Yeah, that guy. Really outstanding journalist. So he so he grew. A, he has a goatee because otherwise, if he didn't have a goatee, he'd look like the biggest doofus on earth because he has no chin. He's losing so his hair. But. You have a beard though, but you've always had a beard. Well, for a long time, I, I had students years ago who thought that it made me look like Ben Bernanke, and they liked that. But you you would you would get away with uh, not having a beard though, but. I mean, I think you'd look. I mean, I, I don't know whether you. I couldn't. T- can't tell whether you have a weak chin or not. We'll figure that out. Je ne sais pas. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, this French. is French Day. Did you hear what I was saying? Yeah, I heard what, what, what you're saying. French all day. wrong. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, first of all, this has nothing to do with the middle class. These people who are are rioting in France. I mean, oh, now, they, now they're riots. Huh? They're rioting. Are they a mob? Yeah. Well, they're burning the place down. Okay. And 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 they're about to burn down England too. In fact, Good. Europe is on fire, uh, mostly because of Donald. 
you know, unbelievable the the extent of of what he's done and how it's spread out across the world. But but as far as the middle there's class, there's an American Revolution in France. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it, there's an American me. Revolution in in Fra- Britain. Europe has a problem. I've written about Europe's problem for ten years at least. Uh, this was coming in Europe if 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 the United States had not been in a position which we're not to to help the world, but Europe's got problems that we don't have. I mean, they, these aren't our problems, and our problems are almost over anyway. I mean, you forget that there was a landslide, the the greatest landslide in hi- electoral history against Donald just. A couple weeks ago, right. you don't re- you don't see where this is going. I get it. Well, no, I mean it, it's it, it. I do. I I don't see where it's going because it's it's a fantasist's view of where it's going. You always talk about this landslide victory, and and it simply it simply wasn't. You realize some of the Republicans. I mean, even if you go to Utah and you look at uh, Mia Love, I mean, it's a great example of how some Republicans just lost. Because they were individuals who were supporting bad ideas. I mean, we had, we had another Republican, I can't remember which one it was, who lost his race, I believe, in Kansas uh, because he was supportive of this uh, increase in green cards for people from India and beyond. He, wanted, he, it's, it's, he He's the one who wrote the amendment in that, uh, in, in that uh, budget that that allowed for the expansion of the whole green card thing and he wound up losing his election over that so this was this was a lot of people who a lot of republican seats that were lost were lost by people republicans who were revolting against those republicans they were revolting digging in even deeper than they did in 2016 so i wouldn't get too confident about this hundreds of of state legislative seats were won hundreds and and include and governors governors offices seven governors offices you know in fact in in the in the congressional election uh, we won by almost ten million votes which again landslide not, it's never happened before it, but but look let me go back you were talking about the the middle class in France do you know that those people who are involved in this are making $1,500 a month. That's not the middle class. That's poverty. That's poverty. And and France does a lot of really good things to help people. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the entire European Union has a, a, a serious issue in that nobody is in charge. And that's been – It's they operate under the Articles of Confederation. It's a mess it's a disaster. Thankfully, we don't have that problem. We've got phenomenal institutions in this country that are continuing to hold as Donald heads for the exit. But what? But what? Why then do you have to? Why? Why? Why do you have to in this situation support someone like Ocasio Cortez who decides that she wants to? Then the, the institutions apparently aren't good enough for her. Because she wants to transform them, she wants to completely change this country's economic construct. And 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 by the way, I guess you, that's you, not true. We happy to learn that she's part Jewish now. Apparently, to, why, is it, why is it a story? Well, first, I don't know, except for except because uh, he's anti-Israel. I think you're missing the entire problem here when everybody talks about Jewish or not Jewish. I mean, if you want to go to that extent, 
You're all Jewish. Because here's the thing. Okay. No, really. I mean, you know, I understand it's a Christian country, but but it was started by a bunch of renegade Jews. So just keep that in mind. All of this was started by Jews. You're you're all Jews. Cut it out. Okay, go ahead. It's, I guess... I, I guess she's saying that she and, and before we'll get we'll back get that yeah. to Francis in a second. So Ocasio Cortez says that her family tree includes Sephardic Jews Spain. who were forced to flee Spain, Spain or convert to Catholicism. So what, for instance, is the reason why she decided she was going to reveal this? Uh, was it because it's Hanukkah or or? Uh, it, it, what what is or or is it because she actually is anti-Israel? She was probably to- she was probably reading about the the Spanish Inquisition in Torquemada. <laughs> That, she okay, probably, just, probably just came up to her. It was during a Hanukkah candle lighting ceremony. I don't know that's what she's right. doing. She's just uh, so, so. That's but, a great uh, book, but, by the way, on about Torquemada. Yeah, that's, I can't wait to read it. But back in the day, though, uh, you know, we we saw what happened, and and, and we'll see it again because this is the warning. People like Ocasio Cortez and other people who are of the Democrat socialist tendencies. You keep on again. I, I don't know what, what I don't know why you haven't learned. Uh, and why you guys have not learned from the election of 2016 that there's only so far you can push the middle class in this country. There's only so far you can suffocate hardworking people with regulation, with taxation, and beyond. And President Trump came in. His first acts were to reduce taxes and roll back regulation. He's going to do it even more now with all these uh, – well, you 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 texted clean me water, think, clean water. Yeah, that's over. You won't have any more clean water. No, but although St. Louis, St. Louis actually has one of the best water systems in the country. Yes, because so that's a we great made beer here. No, it had to do actually with the 1904 World's Fair. But but you know, it's a good thing to have clean water, which we do. The rest of the country may have a problem with that. No clean water, and this nitwit. Moron, as 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 Tillerson said, effing moron. Yeah, Tillerson was yeah. a, was a was an idiot. I'm so glad President Trump came All out. All of these. Said, I'm so glad President Trump came out and tweeted that this this guy's dumb as a bag of hair because he, he came he across that way to me. Or, or, yeah, yeah, dumb as a rock or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, you know, because Tillerson sometimes people who are the quiet types, uh, there are times when the quiet types are sages. Then there are some times when the quiet types just don't have anything to say. And so I, have, I've, I always told my kids this. I said, watch out for the people. Don't automatically assume that just because someone is quiet and reserved that they're thoughtful and sage-like. Sometimes they're dumb as a bag of hair, and they don't have anything to say. So yeah. don't automatically believe that they're geniuses just because they're not saying anything. So again, uh, to, to my point about, about the clean air thing and clean water – uh, first of all, don't uh, you you think you know everything? And this idea, <laughs> I know that, a lot. That, that that clean water was solely a result of the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. I didn't is, say solely. Is not correct. It, it, it is. It, it was a major factor. They they. It was cre- this. Our water system was created uh, initially because of the need. Uh, in in the World's Fair, it's a major story. Well, we, we David Francis, the, the governor it. of Missouri. Yeah, yeah I, get it, I get it. I, I get it. But but what I'm saying is though, 
Uh, you have to realize, though, a majority of the, of the of the actual uh, pressure on the city to have clean water was thanks to our friends over at Anheuser Busch. That they well, that's a good that thing was, too. Because we we made that's a good thing too. It was critical that the water be perfect here. And but the 1904 World's Fair is is probably a consideration it, as it, well. It's it's in there. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, I know it is. Don't get don't go to. I know a lot about St. Louis. Don't get start, start getting history. Listen, and with me. I don't and I don't know don't, a lot. Don't, don't but try to I, lay no bougie know, bougie on the king a, of rock and roll. I know a little enough to sound okay. All right. So anyway, uh, back to back to uh, this whole um, clean water deal. Uh, the the regulatory environment that we're in right now. In an effort to attempt to tr- secure clean water, or clean air, they're going way overboard. Like, for instance, uh, one of the regulations would involve, uh, you know how hard it is, even as a small business in this, in this town even, uh, to just to dig a ditch. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable what you have to go through to dig a freaking ditch anywhere in this, in this town, just to make something or put a new building in or do whatever. Just digging a ditch is cumbersome, and and all President Trump is trying to do is is let's put some sensible regulation in there and get rid of the things that are simply creating more paperwork. That's it. Oh, you know that's not true. He's trying to fill the entire Southwest with oil derricks in areas that that have had, where it was prevented for years, in fact, for decades. But I shouldn't even just say that because he also wants to do the same thing in Alaska and destroy that area uh, as well. All these areas that have been protected for decades. Now, the good news is he can't do it. He's he he's he's starting the process, but he'll be long gone before a Derek ever shows up. And, and the next Democrat who will be president will Reverse every bit of this, so it, none of this is going I feel to happen. Sorry for all the dudes named Derek out there. Yeah, like, I know. know. None of this they're, they're is going to happen. Derek's like you know, it would you, take using ten, his name in vain. Yeah, it would take ten years right. but, to but, build those Derek. It's not happening. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the the effort itself, though, you have to understand, is necessary because at some point, what what happened is, and again. Uh, Republicans know a little bit about conservation and a little bit about being good stewards of the environment. Because, Very little. Oh no, actually no. You you talk to. Let's put it this way: most hunters, people who hunt, uh, and most outdoorsmen, are more than likely lean more conservative than they do liberal. Well, no, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was the greatest hunter conservationist right, president, and he was a raving wild liberal. He wasn't a raving wild well, liberal. Well, of course he was. You guys would, he created everything don't, that, don't, that you uh, hate. No, okay, no, no. Don't try, don't try, again, don't try to steal Teddy Roosevelt from the. No, Teddy Roosevelt, let's put it this way, was a progressive Republican. He was like, Thank you. he was a La Follette. Yeah, Republican. There okay? you go. Uh, from, you know what I'm. Ta- I know yeah, what I'm talking about. Here. I know you do. I know a lot about Teddy I, Roosevelt. I know you and your two point eight is BS. No, I know. I know I, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, for all of his uh, expansion, let's put it this way, of government, some would say. Uh, although you know the national park system and all those kinds of things can be attributed to uh, to Teddy Roosevelt and and the preservation of certain lands certainly and, and so but 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 he was forty hour work week well I, I keep in mind this came uh, o- over the turn of the century where he had uh, a a budding 
post-industrial revolution. In fact, I would maintain that the uh, industrial revolution of the 1880s, 1890s, and beyond, 1870s for that matter, uh, was still ongoing at the turn of the century. Recognizing all that, Teddy Roosevelt at one point had to be able to come in and and get a handle on uh, the industrialization of America. And, and, And so he had to be a preservationist and a conservationist on a number of levels. Otherwise, it would have gotten out of hand. Otherwise, we'd have we'd have every stamp of no argument with me. But but that's not the case. You are anymore. correct. Right, Government stepped in right. and 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 changed the United States in fabulous ways, right. which you've partially described. But, but, right. And, but, but but at some point then it's it's too much though. At some point you're going overboard, and it's unnecessary. And I, and, I, and like I was when I say Republicans know a little bit about conservation. Uh, first of all, uh, you could you talk to a hunter or a uh, or anybody in the outdoors world. Uh, usually they are leaning mostly conservative, and 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 they above anybody desire clean air and a, and a, and, a, and they're good stewards of the environment. And Teddy Roosevelt was one of those. And Richard Nixon, as you know, created the Department of Conservation. Yeah. You don't you understand he, that, right? He, he was a crook, or, just uh, like this uh, guy. Uh, right, but, 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 okay. but, oh, but wait, actually wait, wait, wait. much less of a crook than this well, guy. Well, what's happened is the pendulum has swung so far. And, and, and if you want and, and, and to – too much. But if you want to get into – first of all, I, I really resent the left – Adopting Teddy Roosevelt as their as their model—that's not accurate. All right. First of all, uh, the 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 so-called uh, left wing or or the Antifa guys—you uh, you you couldn't hold a candle to a guy as strong and as robust and as individualistic. As Teddy Roosevelt, I mean, those he, Antifa guys probably don't know the first thing about Teddy no, Roosevelt. Don't. No, I agree. And look, and you know, that's another point that you bring up all the time. You and your two point eight. Do you know there was a great article in the New York Times this weekend that explained that the two point eighters of the world, two point six, yeah, that the two point six or two point eighters of the world are the ones who are most successful. They and, said that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. What was the article it, about? And, just about that? Well, it was about t- people who try to get straight A's and how terrible it really is, how harmful it is, how anti-creative it is. So, you know, that's why, yeah, you should oh, be you proud mean, of your well, you know, I mean, 3.0 I, 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 oh, grade so why, point why, why would you write an article about how um, how 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 – it's not worth it to get straight A's. Why would why would they do that? I mean, I, I, listen, I'm I'm not a, I never got straight A's, but why would they write and why would they put out an article thing? Oh, don't worry about the straight A's, guys. It doesn't make any sense. No, to me. it was actually the the number one uh, popular article in, in sure. the New York Times over the weekend, and because one of the issues is probably by a, by a, read by a bunch of C students. No, but by look, it's a major issue out here in the country as to how hard we push yeah. on young people. That's true. To 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 be successful in school and and to do things which may be counter to their real creativity, which is what we want. No, I, mean, I get it. Yeah, so I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I I, I have. Uh, you know, my wife is a person who got straight A. So, so when 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 my, when my son comes home and he gets like an eighty-two, 
on a when Amy sure. comes home, he gets like an eighty-two on something. I'm like, "Dad, oh, that's fantastic!" Because I it never is. saw an eighty-two in my lifetime. Yes, you did. Well, yes, you sometimes did. I yes, did. You did. But 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 he gets reprimanded for an eighty-two because it's not a ninety-two, and so I have to kind of keep quiet because, to tell you the truth, when he when he, when you get an eighty-two, <laughs> that's impressive to me. Yeah, and, and so I'm like more of on the, along those lines. I'm more of the. Uh, I, 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 but, but that's just my philosophy about it. But I, but I'm more of the, uh, you know, 82 is a good deal. And so, yes, I, I, I totally understand what you're yeah. talking about. The, there. The, the fight out here really needs to be over getting all these kids into college and, and, and keeping certainly, and this is one of the, you know, the inner city issue. Uh, you know, if, if, if all the inner city kids were in college, worried about what class they're taking next semester. None of them would have guns. None of them would be committing crimes. None of them would be in trouble because all they'd be worried about is what they're doing next semester. Right. And, yeah, it, it, it is, and it's too bad they're, they're in cities run by Democrats no, who we're are working, making, turning them into crap holes. We're, first of all, we're working on that here. Secondly, uh, unfortunately, we sort of got derailed because oh. one of the guys who, who was most uh, strong in this area, which nobody even understands, was Eric. Because Eric was working with me. Oh, I get it. To, I to, yeah. To, to yeah. Do, yeah, to do some, some terrific things in, in civics and advocacy in, in the inner cities before the Republican Party blew him up. But um, yeah, so there. But there, there are some other people working on this right now, including Jamila Nasheed. So there's, you know, it's another good name. There, there's some good people out here. By the way, um, you know, and I, I've mentioned this to you. I was talking to some people last night. Um, Eric needs to get involved on the air in Radio Free Almond. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, he I, need- I, I talked to him no, about I, two weeks ago. Yeah, I I think he ought to run for governor again. Tell you the truth. Well, uh, the first thing he needs to do is put himself out publicly in a way where where people can get to him. Yes, talk to him. Totally agree. Hear him. Understand what kind of a person he is, and not to mention the fact. Yeah, I mean, we're always thinking about audience. You know, if you put Eric on the radio, yes, I'll tell you right now. He'd be listened to big well, time. Well, we, we actually, you know, when we talked last time we talked, we talked about uh, having a, um, a, a getting, getting, doing something together at some point. And so uh, that might be, that might Absolutely. be what, uh, what we actually uh, talk about. And, and so that's, a, but that's a good idea. It's very uh, good coming, idea. Maybe I'll call it's him. Capitalism. Again. Uh, maybe I'll call him again and says, "Now, if I mention your name, though, no, no, that, he's not going to. No, uh, he's going to hang up on me. Is no, he? it's going to be the opposite. In fact, uh, what you should do, and and I I will do the same, is reach out to him about uh, the three of us getting together to talk about uh, some of these ideas. He needs to be fired up. Right. And out here doing some really great things because he's a great guy. Do we need to get together, though? Why do everybody You're so have funny. to get together? Well, it's – look. You guys in your you breakfasts don't have to. and your lunches. Yeah. You don't have your, to. I mean – I, I, I just, just a phone call, just talk. No, you, you could do, do that, that, too. Way. You could do that, too. I know you're I, so you know, busy. You guys never want to get together. You're so busy. No, but no, but, no, but you are busy because I'll tell you why. 
Because you have kids. Right. But no, 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 that, no, that makes a difference. Nobody ever wants to get together over a drink. Everybody wants to get together for breakfast or coffee or lunch. It's the most I don't drink. boring damn thing on earth. I don't drink. Now, you want to get out You want to get out and have a cocktail at 5 o'clock? I'm there. Yeah. But, Listen. But this whole thing about I, sitting down and I know, go to all these crazy places. Sandwich I, go, so, I know. I go to all these crazy places that you suggest anyway. But, but. Um, breakfast is not a bad thing. I know, you know, but I mean, that's all right. That's all right, all but 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 and we we will eventually. Yeah. But, I, but I think it's a very good idea, and and actually, uh, I maybe I'll make another run uh, run at that. I want to run something by you really quickly. Sure. I don't know whether you saw this video, but uh, it's it's uh, it's Ronald Reagan on the Johnny Carson show. <laughs> oh God, I haven't seen him. You know, again, I mentioned. I mean, in the old days, there was no one more despicable to us than Ronald <laughs> I Reagan. I mean, before before he, he ever became president, I know you guys I mean, hate he, people. I mean, I just saw. No, I didn't. I did. I, I admit, when I was a teenager, I hated him. That was wrong. That hate stuff is not good. But 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 he he did destroy or tried to destroy the University of California system. It, it the system outlived Whatever. him. Know, it outlived him. him. Nobody cares about what Ronald Reagan did. The- University no, well, of California. he was the governor of California know, and so very, what? very ineffective, horrible <laughs> Whatever. guy. And then they shoved him into the United States. But but here's the thing. Today, he looks like Jesus Christ. I mean, c- compared to this mess. No, because, you know, oh no, my. No, all, 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 all he does now is remind us that there is such a thing as greatness. Uh, you can't achieve it as a Republican, even though we haven't been able to since Reagan. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and I will tell you now that already in the first two years of Donald Trump's presidency, he has accomplished more than Ronald Reagan did in his first two years of his presidency. Well, he says that craziness, and he uh, has accomplished. It's not crazy. It's not. It's no. not crazy. It's true. No, he has. He has accomplished a great deal in terms of trying to tear down the country. That's true. And forty-four senators. Don't forget, forty-four ex-senators, eleven of them Republicans, signed a letter yesterday saying that this is the most dangerous thing that's happened to our democracy. In memory. So, yeah, yeah. check the um, letter. uh, Here's the deal. And and, and by the way, Mama Kay said that someone in Dinosaur Radio had the same idea to get uh, Greitens on. I guarantee you, Mama Kay, Eric Greitens isn't going anywhere near... 97-1. 97-1. No. Those, pe- those people didn't support him. They, the, 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 the 97 oneers were all up the ass of the establishment Republicans who ran Greitens out. Yeah. So, so, fun- so, so I promise you, Eric Greitens isn't doing anything over at the conservacrat radio station. There's not a chance in hell. And, nor, and may, maybe KMOX. But but be, believe yeah, they me, won't. they uh, wouldn't. Uh, they, Eric, it would be too. It would be too creative for them. And he'd have to work for a, a horrible shit people. company like Entercom. Nah, he would. And, and there's no way that that I, if I'm Eric Greitens, I'm going to get myself involved in that that uh, monstrosity known as Entercom. So I wouldn't even go near it. And the funny thing is, is that and th- this is just an amazing fact that two people. In the the local area here throughout Missouri, two people were among his strongest supporters. Amazingly, 
you and me. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's it's a funny I know situation, but because, it could, because nobody uh, otherwise nobody had the guts to do it to support him uh, because they were so afraid. And, and and believe me, I was I was there in Dinosaur Radio when everybody was scrambling and and running away from the guy. They didn't even want the guy elected to begin with. I, I'm telling you, it's the same. It's the same thing with Donald Trump. They were the same way. On to my on to my what I just said here regarding uh, uh, Reagan. So. Already in the first two years of Trump's presidencies, presidency, he is – I'm sorry, presidencies. I'm sorry. I made a little uh, Freudian slip there, presidencies, because that's what's coming. So already in the Jail. first two years of, of President Trump's uh, presidency, he's accomplished more than Ronald Reagan did in his first two years. You know what happened, though, after the first four years of Ronald Reagan's presidency, don't you? He yeah, Iran he, Contra. He, no, yeah. he he achieved a landslide victory over the hapless Walter Mondale, who only won one state, which was, was I think his own. It was a shame, uh, and and that was it. So so if if what's happening now, if we chart this, if that's any indication, uh, the uh, the President Trump is on a path to uh, yet another term in twenty twenty. Jared. Donald Jr., Donald Sr., uh, you know, all these other people that are that are have been indicted already. They've they've already Jared pled, hasn't they, been they've indicted. Already, they've already pled guilty. I mean, you know, remember, and you know, you forget that fourteen there are fourteen Russians out here. That that everybody knows that this guy has colluded with. Okay. no collusion. Well, yeah, just, I know. We'll, we'll wait. We'll wait until Mueller I, comes no, up that's with his true. whatever he's coming. That's true. Now, now apparently, what is the deal now? He's going. The New York prosecutors are going to send him to jail. SDNY. Right. Okay, right. Okay. Read so that, read the documents. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, you know what was it? Well, one was forty pages, which was uh, SDNY. Right. Uh, and that's another thing. I mean. The Southern District of New York has has said clearly that the president is involved in a felony. Okay, and everybody's got ha all the you know that the the forty percent that love him. Ha bring bring bring, oh, he's, bring no, but, he's, you know, a Mark, Mark, he's a Mark, felonious. You, you guys have been talking about collusion and felonies for yeah. how long now? And so, now what? If if they're there, then let's see it. it took, I mean, for it crying took, out loud, it took four years to get McCarthy. So relax. It, it takes a little while. This is this is being handled. <laughs> Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get, and I get. and and again, thirty percent of the people supported McCarthy when right. he was disgraced. I know. Well, you listen, so you know he's at rock bottom. And, and, at some point, you know what? Your little hovering spaceship has to land, and so far it hasn't done that yet. And and it it drops you off from way above because it knows it can't land here because it's 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 it's, it's doesn't have any foundation, so it keeps on pushing you to us but the spaceship at some point has got to land well enterprise leasing will be one of our big sponsors when we take the van trip who's that enterprise leasing oh great when we take the van trip do do, do they know that no okay no because i haven't told them yet right because if i'm if i'm you i wouldn't be like dropping enterprise no i i haven't told them name as an anti-trump organization i haven't told them yet oh they will be no, when when, uh, when when Donald when Donald's going to jail, everybody will be somebody that was against him. 
Oh, I was against them. Right. Oh, well, yeah. I don't want to get into I trouble. I, I guarantee you, if if I had to make a list of corporations that were likely uh, against President Trump, I believe me, enterprise leasing would probably not be on that list. I'm okay. Just well, I'll tell you. you what. I can do some research. We can find out about you that. You don't have to do any yeah. research. By, I'm telling you. By the way, let let me mention to you. You know, and I know you've got Napolitano. I've got Ronald Reagan here. You've got, no, you've got Napolitano. I do, but I want to play Ronald Reagan. Okay, but wait, but just wait, because you've got Napolitano coming in here, and you've got me leaving. And and Napolitano, I know you're going to talk to him yes. about, about uh, uh, you know, this business, I, I guess, with the Supreme Court. Yeah, with Brett Kavanaugh yeah. letting everybody well, down and kissing up to Dr. Ford, yes. Well, but it's important for you to also keep in mind, it, it, first of all, it does take four Supreme Court justices for a case to be heard. Yes. Okay, so that's for sure. And the second thing is that the the Supreme Court is routinely, you want to have something else to be upset about, routinely turning down uh, cases from lower courts uh, regarding guns. There are a ton of these gun cases, and one was just, a new one was just uh, uh, decided in the last few days, uh, again, a two-to-one uh, verdict against you guys saying that the the the, the Second Amendment isn't anything it's like, like a, what it's you say. It's not going to happen. Believe me. But I, they I won't take it. The court can't. won't take it. You, you got the left got its one little kiss up from Kavanaugh on the Planned Parenthood thing, and, 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 and Gorsuch, that's all you're going to get. Gorsuch well, voted against uh, the, the, no, the, Gorsuch, the Trump, uh, Gorsuch, one of the Trump Alito travel and bans. Thomas. Okay, Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas all supported – the idea of the Supreme Court hearing this Planned Parenthood case. It yeah. was, it was, That's true. Uh, but it's not it was going that anywhere. Pamby, Candy, but uh, Roberts and and Kavanaugh, who so stung by Dianne Feinstein and all you left wing crazies, he fi- he finally he wa- wanted to figure out a way to kiss up to you guys and did, which is sad. They're, but they're true. scholars. Whatever. They're legal scholars. Napolitano is going to tell you all about this. Okay. Ask him about the gun cases too. I want, I want you to listen to Ronald Reagan, and, and, and this is two minutes, okay? Yeah. Two minutes for you, and this will be able to – you just remember this while you're in the car. Yes. And all day long. Definitely. And in perpetuity, and listen to Ronald Reagan on the Johnny Carson show, okay? Just so you know. I don't know what year this is, but.
Those were the days. Remember, remember the, the, the this was so. I mean, and, and in the meantime, yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> so, 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 can you imagine? And this is why Americans revolted at the level they did in 2016. Mark, no, it's is, not. Be, is because is because from that time, of course, Ronald Reagan then was summarily elected president of the United States, but from from that time. To 2016, we had Republicans and Democrats who didn't believe a word Ronald Reagan said and acted completely antithetically to everything Ronald Reagan stood for until, of course, President Trump came around and started speaking the exact same language that we just heard there. Well, he, D- Donald wouldn't even understand that language because it's beyond him. No, it's not, He's, Mark. I mean, come on, that, that's you're just being gratuitous no, at that point. No, really, the man's got a serious problem. Look, there is a discussion about taxes that ought to be had in this country. Uh, we do, and, and, and again, Johnny Carson said appropriately that we could get as much money or more for the federal government by doing this differently. And I agree. The federal government needs big money, big money to operate, big money to protect the environment, big money to protect us all from, from things that, that get out of control from time to time. The government is our friend. We, lo- we should love the government. In fact, the United it, States it, always has Mark, and will. We wouldn't need we wouldn't need – First of all, the only reason why the government actually uh, is is so dependent on is because it actually exists uh, on the backs of the American people and the income tax. As, as you know, I don't know whether you heard me last week when I talked about the commemoration. It was that day in history in 1884 when they completed finally the Washington Monument. And I love telling the story about how back in the day – uh, you had here. You had George Washington, who was the first president of the United States, an American revolutionary, and a, uh, a, a and, and a and a hero to the American people. And it still took the federal government almost thirty years after his death to start working on a monument for him. And even when they did in eighteen thirty three, they relied on school children to raise the money. And the reason why they relied on school children to raise the money to begin the monument is because the federal government didn't have the money because the federal government was too busy abiding by the founding principles of our founding fathers that never called for a direct tax on its citizens. And so the, otherwise, the government would have just simply written a check and put the monument out there. But yeah. those were the days when you had to rely on good old-fashioned, normal human beings and citizens to do the dirty work. And at that point, they relied on school children to raise the money for the Washington Monument. So again, that was in many ways a sign that at that time, that that time in history – the federal government still did not constantly, reflexively go to the Treasury and write a check for something. You had to basically earn it until 1913 when the racketeers in Congress uh, put forth the 16th Amendment. But otherwise, uh, that, that's a great story about how 
on any nowadays the government would just simply if they wanted a monument they would just write a check they do it all the time to build their stupid libraries to be named after some deceased politician or whatever it is and so uh, th- that's what they're doing now that's a problem calvin coolidge predicted it in 1924 yeah, Alexander Hamilton predicted some other things a long time before Calvin Coolidge, who really was the, one of the major causes of the Depression, uh, not Herbert Hoover, who, okay. who got, got the plane. We've done, we've done this before. We've I know, this before. I know, but, 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 you know, I think that we can find someday when we have some time, uh, we could find some, some things that we might agree on. In fact, we would in terms of taxes. So, you know, we can we can talk about that another time. Uh, you know, Napolitano, who is outstanding, will come in and, 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 and give you some some background on on really where Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and everybody but but Clarence Thomas, who's practically an ignoramus. But anyway, he made the court somehow. So, well, you here's the thing. Uh, two things. Uh, Alexander Hamilton uh had two problems. One is that he's a liberal, and two is that he's a terrible shot. Yeah, he definitely didn't. So, so he just, didn't shoot straight. Well, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't they know how. Him. He he didn't know how to duel. Aaron and, and, Bur- and, Aaron Burr got him right. Yeah, you're supposed to fire your gun into the ground, not into the air. Yeah, it, what, whatever it was, it didn't work for him. No, it didn't. No, and and how and now he's on the ten dollar bill. Uh, and I, I believe if anybody needs to be taken off the money, it's not Andrew Jackson, it's Alexander Hamilton. And Aaron Burr is on the trash heap of history. <laughs> right. I know. But he did win. I know. That day. Well, you can't, you, in a duel, you can't, you know, yeah. don't be, Aaron Burr thought Hamilton was shooting at him, or at least he, <laughs> he figured he could get the, he could get away with thinking that he was shooting at him. It didn't work well for Hamilton. No. Anyway, All I right. got to get out of here. Yeah. You got to get to Napolitano. You have a great day. Okay. And, uh. Enjoy. And Calvin Coolidge did not set the wheels in motion for the uh, for the depression. Yeah, you keep I, on, you I, sneak those things yeah, in. I knew there. you couldn't resist that. No, I know. Okay. All right. All right. See you. Catch you later. It's Mark Kaysen. All right. We'll see you on. Uh, we'll, we're, we're getting ready. We'll we'll have more later in December when we uh, talk about the uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0. All right. I'm not having breakfast with you. People always like, let's go have coffee. It's like, I don't want to have coffee. I just had about seven cups of it while I was doing the. I love people who want to go have coffee after uh, after this. Can I? You want to have coffee like at ten o'clock? I'm going. Um, no, I've had like ten cups of it. I really don't drink that much. I drink one cup of coffee, but nonetheless, the idea of sitting and having coffee is—you got to be kidding me! You're fidgeting the whole time. All right, so let's go ahead and and uh, get the music going, and I'll call. Uh, Judge Napolitano uh, off the air. As you all know, I have to do that because the judge is very particular about how he doesn't like me just taking him cold. And so I'm going to get him on and then I will get my own music on and then we'll get the judge on and we'll do all that kind of uh, all that other mother jazz for you. Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and break real quickly and then I will be back with uh, Judge Napolitano, everybody, and you're going to love it. He's going to talk about how we were let down by Brett Kavanaugh. All right.
We are back live in the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Yes, it's Radio Free Almond, everybody. And guess who has just, ladies and gentlemen, come to dinner? Oh, yeah. His name is none other than... Here comes the judge, Judge Napolitano, and my friend, I, I'm telling you, uh, there are a lot of people, especially the individuals who, uh, for, by the way, good morning, my friend. How you doing? Good morning. <laughs> uh, I, there are a lot of people in my audience right now who are a little perplexed by Mr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh, because they feel like uh, that he he let conservatives down who worked so hard to get him on the bench and are are shaking their heads over this decision to join uh, Justice Roberts uh, and a couple of the liberals in declining to take up this case uh, regarding states' rights and Planned Parenthood. What's your take on Judge Kavanaugh's position on this?
not the Turkey case, the dissenters rarely publish stories of court cases. But in this case, they did, and they chided Justice Kavanaugh, not by name, but obviously this was directed at him. So I'm afraid that I can't illuminate your audience because I can't get into his head. Right. I mean, I hope he did what he believes was intellectually honest, not what he believes is politically good for him. And I realize there's a tremendous amount of criticism uh, this morning from in my life circle suggesting he did this to, to put some salt on the wound uh, that his adversaries uh, inflicted during the confirmation process. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, and it wouldn't appear it wouldn't appear that he w- based on what we know about him that he would actually do such a thing that he would make a decision that would be coming across as more of a gratuitous one as opposed to one that would be rooted in true legal foundation. So I I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt thinking he must have some tactical view of what the outcome of a Supreme Court case would be. I don't know. Well, and also realizing, too, that even some of the people, the very people, individuals who uh, are not happy with Kavanaugh, some of those very same people are supporting Republican politicians who have declined to pull the funding for Planned Parenthood. So, I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we probably have a better chance of exerting some degree of true pro-life change if we simply put more pressure on the politicians. Uh, Kavanaugh can will be doing whatever he's doing, but I think we could probably have more effects uh, on, on support of life by bird-dogging and watchdogging our politicians uh, first. So maybe that's a start. All right, and I guess... Re- I am with you, my man. Listen, I like him, and I feel badly for what happened. 
his views on, on privacy. Uh, you know, he thinks the federal government can get into your iPhone where you have everything, personal, professional, financial, legal, medical, and intimate, without a, a search warrant. But put that aside. What happened to him shouldn't have happened to anybody. And I hope that taint eventually washes off uh, his skin. But uh, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that there may be perfectly legitimate reasons having nothing to do with his right to life bona fides for the decision that he made. What those reasons are, we don't know. Yes. All right. And I guess real quickly, I know I know you got to run, but 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 uh, we know New York could wind up indicting the president once he leaves office. But uh, what? How does this affect anything regarding Mueller? Or is anything going to happen while the president's in office here? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, just... All right. Well, we'll leave uh, those... Uh, words uh, right where they are, Judge Napolitano, because it's it's ominous for sure, but uh, who knows whether they're going to try just simply to run the clock out. We'll see how it all works out. But uh, thanks a ton for being on with us, as always, Judge Napolitano. Have a great rest of your blessed week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, friend. Take care. Thank you very much. It's uh, Judge Napolitano in beautiful New York. All right. So, um, yeah, I I think that with this uh, Kavanaugh deal, I'll tr- I'll pretend that uh, that he has some kind of crazy, wild reason behind this situation and why he's doing what he's doing. I'm going to pretend that it's not because he's kissing up to the future time person of the year. In the formulation of Dr. Ford, did you see that? That they're going to possibly have her as the, uh, as the uh, time person of the year. It's like, why? It's, it's, like, it's like in the aftermath of the uh, November 2016 election saying that Hillary Clinton ought to be the time person of the year. It's like, well, why would you do that? She lost. 
And you know what? Dr. Ford lost too. It was their it was the second loss for the uh for the people in the in the uh on the left. We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Thank you to the Pogue family and thank you to Rick and Jerry and the rest of the gang. As you know, they are also the proprietors of Arrowhead Building Supply, which will be involved in Radio Free Almond 2.0. There are a lot of individuals out there who I would encourage you to go ahead and, and call them who are, uh, just encourage them just, just simply to uh, thank them in advance for lining up to support Radio Free Almond 2.0. As you all know, I did settle that case with Entercom and erased and forced them to tear my contract up. And I have no longer any non-competes and no longer any non-competes as relates to advertising. And as of yesterday, December 10th, I was allowed to reach out to my former advertisers, the people who supported me on the show when I was at 97.1 and I was allowed to reach out. Otherwise, if, if my contract, had I not prevailed in my demand that my contract be torn up, I, I would have uh, not been able to reach out to them for two years. It was a very restrictive uh, non-compete. And so I forced that to be erased and torn up. And so as of yesterday, I was able to reach out to my advertisers, my old ones, the ones who used to support the show, and will now be able to get them back in the fold. And many of them have indicated that indeed they are going to be back in the fold. And I'll give you an example of that. For instance, if you uh, give Banner Construction a call and let them know that I'd love to have them, that, that they, you'd love to hear them on the show once again, the Radio Free Almond 2.0 then feel free to go ahead and reach out to them at 569-1050. That is the Banner Construction number, and they're, uh, they're leaning uh, on coming back. And, and I mean leaning, meaning they're just waiting for my what's going to ultimately happen with the dial position and everything else uh, so that we can have a package for them. So they and uh, talk to Jeremy North, 360ira.com. If you want to just let them know, hey, we heard about the possibility of you coming back. We'd love to hear you. Then it would just simply give them more encouragement. But we're we're, we're kind of waiting, so we're uh, we're reaching out. Aphrodite Granite, uh, Aphrodite Granite was a was a great organization, and and they really fought hard on my behalf during this entire time. When we had a uh, when we had the left wing loons and Stacy Newman's flying monkeys all uh, going throughout uh, St. Louis harassing people, and Aphrodite Granite basically told these people to shove it, and so they uh, are big supporters of the show and will be of Radio Free Elman 2.0. So if you get a chance, give uh, Aphrodite Granite a call as well, and of course. When you look at some of the other folks who uh, Lord Lord Distributing is another one L O H R 
uh, uh, Steve and the gang. These are great people over there, and now I'm free to go ahead and and talk to them. Uh, we've got uh, Richard Winner, who is uh, with the Garden View Care Centers, who is another one, a friend of mine. And of course, all this time I've been. I mean, I, when I talked to them, if I did, and they wanted to come on, I said I, I really can't even talk to you about this because I have to abide by my contract. I have to live up to my contract, so I can't really legally talk to you uh, without without you know, violating my contract. And I didn't want to do that because I was suing my company for violating my contract. So I'm not going to violate the contract uh, when I'm suing them for violating the contract. So, you know, Richard Winner is another one with uh, Garden View Care Centers who I, I, I couldn't talk to about coming back on, but I would encourage you to uh, give them a heads up and say, hey, I heard about you and I'd love to see you on Radio Free Almond 2.0. We have not uh, had any decision made yet on the dial position. I'm currently involved in discussions with two different radio groups uh, about getting onto a dial position. Either way, uh, by about January 10th, which is the, the time that I actually can go on the air now, uh, I can't go on the a radio position before that, per the settlement. Uh, January 10th, I'll be on somewhere. I'll be on one radio dial somewhere, although for a lot of you, it doesn't really matter because you're listening on the Facebook page or you're listening on the stream or you're listening on the uh, on on uh, po- the podcast or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but we're going to make a huge one and I'll have more. I'll have more people for you to uh, talk to in terms of advertisers uh, later on when I when I uh, get, you know, when I have more discussions, more distinct discussions. Uh, Arrowhead Building Supply is another example. Uh, I've got uh, the guys at Low T USA, Kevin Moret, who is uh, wanting to come back. So all, all kinds of people who otherwise I couldn't talk to. I'd encourage you uh, to go ahead and reach out to them and say, hey, I heard about you. And also, by the way, uh, did I say Arrowhead Building Supply? Because Rick is, and those guys are coming back. Those were the guys, uh, those were the guys at Arrowhead who said that uh, that that the uh, – that they warned ninety seven one. They said if 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 you all pull him off the air, we're not going to be on in the morning anymore. Uh, we guarantee you. And indeed, they kept that promise and didn't. Uh, uh, they didn't. Uh, they're, they're no longer advertising. And of course, that's 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 despite the fact that that basically what happened is is, is right after I left uh, the station basically had a fire sale on advertising. So there are people who were, you know, you know, I was talking to these guys and they're, they're paying half of what they were paying when they were on with me. And that's just so 97.1 could keep the illusion up that they still had advertisers, but they haven't made a budget and they, they intercom uh, did a good job of, uh, of ruining uh, that station. And then, but that's not my problem anymore. Uh, and and that's just the, that's just kind of the way the way that goes, and so we're going to be back. And, and yeah, the, with good reception, yes. Uh, I thank you, Lisa. I'm I'm looking at a couple of stations. Some of them have. Uh, it, it just depends on the reception. The the, the, the dial position is only going to be a situation that is going to be helpful uh, in terms of um, of adding one more dimension to your ability to reach us. So there are a lot of people out there who, for instance, might not have Facebook or might not have the stream who are now able to get me uh, on the dial, which will be great. I mean, oddly enough, 
and and I don't know how this happened, but on, on our numbers, uh, even without the red hot poker sale, that's right, Emily, uh, that's what it was. All right, a red hot poker sale. Um, the uh, the oddly enough, the the numbers of of listeners that I have when you combine them through Facebook and the stream. Uh, is is far uh, exceeding uh, the numbers I had over at ninety seven one, which I find interesting. I don't know where the other folks came from, uh, but but uh, like for instance, for my advertisers and things like that, it's perfect because the time spent listening uh, is uh, is is way longer. Then, because with with the dial with with the radio station, what happened is I'd be on the air for like seven minutes, and I'd then I'd go away for ten because they'd have these they'd have these uh, blocks of of advertising, and and you'd go you'd go away that way, and and you'd have these blocks of advertising, uh, and 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 the problem with that though. Uh, technically, is when you have a uh, person who is advertising and they're in the middle of that block. A lot of you would listen, and 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 you'd you'd, you'd be guaranteed. Okay, well, I can leave now, uh, and and I'm, I'll come back in ten minutes. I'll go and search around and maybe get some sports, or maybe get this, or maybe get that. And so you go away, and that's not that's not serving the advertising client. When when like for instance, right now, you know, I, I take some breaks, but. Um, but but nonetheless, I I uh, I, I infuse uh, my sponsors into into my work. So I just talked to you about upcoming sponsors. But I'll tell you one thing: uh, reinforce the fact of the the people who did leave and come over to me. Uh, people like Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Doctor Proctor Drapery dot com. I mean, what an amazing strong guy he was. And, and actually, there was a lot of pressure on him to stay in certain areas, but he decided he was going to spend money with Radio Free Allman. And I, I'm, I'm supremely indebted to him for that. Uh, and it's Proctor spelled like doctor for all of your window fashions. Uh, he's got it all for you, and he's a great guy and a big supporter of mine. Uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, he had people from Stacey Newman's office calling him and badgering him and ordering him to leave the radio station. And we're going to obviously deal with that down the road. In court, but eight five five quote me. So low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. And Matthew was a stud, man. He, he like Michael, he stood up and 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 uh, stood by me. And uh, Tracy Ellis, uh, Tracy dot com, big time uh, supporters. Uh, Ricky Hall, the the uh, Air Force veteran, uh, Nutrition HQ and HQ dot rocks is. Uh, you know, now with the show and, uh, you know, the discovery design truck care and manufacturing, you know, that's the Pogues when they couldn't advertise with me because of my contractual restrictions, they found a way to do it by just simply going through the other company, which is amazing. So, so, uh, they didn't, they didn't take no for an answer. They decided they were going to go and, 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 and follow through and, and help me out and, and, and do that. And then, of course, um, uh, my friend Eric Deputy, who we're working on with uh, 2.0, he and I are now partners in, in this endeavor. And, and, and Eric has been a huge – of course, he's going to be heavily involved in, in the next run of, of uh, comeuppance for the people who uh, attack me. And, and a lot of it is not 
because I'm expecting to have some kind of financial windfall from the whole process. But we, we're going to teach these people a lesson one way or the other. And down the line, people are going to be able to thank us for that and, and, and help us out with that. Uh, but but uh, but we're help we're we're doing this for the future, and we're doing this to uh, to make sure that the people who are uh, who who think that they can get away with their mob action are uh, are sorely uh, mistaken. And so we're going to make sure we follow up on that as well. We've already taught Entercom a lesson. Entercom thought that uh, that I was just going to take a check, lie to you, and go away. And and while Entercom, that might be the case among uh, a lot of radio people uh, in in this country who generally they just don't have any guts anyway, and and nor do they have any options. And so they decided they were going to go and just. Um, and and figure they were going to pull that rap in St. Louis here, and boy, did they get a run for their money. So uh, th- th- they thought that I was just going to take a check, go away, lie to you that we made some kind of deal that I that I that I that I that I um, we mutually agreed to part ways. I go. I told them. I don't know whether you guys remember this. I'll go back in time for a second. Um, I told them. I said, I'm not. I de- I'm not agreeing to part ways. So so I'm so in exchange for uh, some kind of six months pay or year pay or whatever it is you're giving me, um, I, I'm I'm not going to tell my audience that I gave up on them just for money. You're out of your mind, and I didn't care whether Intercom was a big ass highfalutin silk stocking radio company or not. You know, owned by some dude who got his who who was gifted his company at a bar mitzvah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that from this company, and so I. I told him to shove it. I said, you know what? If you if you want me to leave, fire me. Have some balls and fire me. But but I'll tell you one thing. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna get involved in your little lie to the America to to the people. And believe me, you think this company, if they're so willing to engineer a lie to the listeners of St. Louis and to you, what else do you think they're up to? I mean, this is a company that didn't didn't care one way or the other uh, whether or not it was true that we uh, that that we agreed to part ways. I, it wasn't true, but they would have told you that anyway. They, they, they would have actually gone before you and lied to you. So what kind of company, what kind of radio station do you think they're operating here? When, 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 they're, when corporately uh, lying is part of their, as institutionalized in their operation. And also, by the way, uh, I, I wanted to teach them a lesson about being cowards. And, 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 I, and, and so when I sued them, I put them on notice that I'm going to expose you as being the coward you are because you folded to some left-wing hack and her slow stepson and a a mob of people who don't even listen to the radio station. I'm not going quietly. And so that's what we did. And so on a couple of levels, suing them taught them a lesson and, 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 and made them pay for being a bunch of cowards. And believe me, that's 
that's not over. I mean, that that's not they're not suddenly not cowards anymore. And everybody over there knows it. Everybody over there is tiptoeing around everywhere because they're all afraid they're going to get the same treatment from from Entercom. And they're all, you know, tiptoeing around. But but as as we told you, and, I, and my final example, of course, is Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. They stepped up, and they said they were going to go ahead and, 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 and support this show, and, uh, and, and, and they have. And, and they took a lot of grief. The left, they tried to make another run at, at me and at them, and you all pushed them back. And so that stuff isn't happening again. It's, it's not going to happen again. So, the, so once we get on the dial position, and you're right, Anthony, I'm, I am uh, better off right now. You know, uh, and it, it's taken a while, and it's and it's taken a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears to kind of get back on track, because you know a lot of it has to do with you know, you know, you're spending a lot of money on lawyers, and you're spending a lot of you know, it's it's it hasn't been easy in that sense, uh, but it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And so, and, and, and so I, I didn't expect it to be easy, and I tried to make it as fun as possible, and now we're on the, on the next level here, and we're going to take, uh, take it one, one step further. So uh, make sure uh, that you and, – and if you have any brand-new people who you might want to bring to the table to support Radio Free Almond, then I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to entertain them as well because we'll, we'll build another dynasty, and I don't have any ill feelings towards uh, – you know my former uh, peop- my people at my formal radio station, but uh, but I am uh, I'm, uh, I'm coming after you. Just let you know, I'm on my way. If you're hearing footsteps, it's me. It's me. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, I thought you were dead. Nope. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm back and I'm I'm kicking your ass. Hi. 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 Hello. Hi there. Hi, I'm your worst nightmare. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, no, I didn't. No. No, I didn't die. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, I thought you were run over by a truck. No. No, no, that's, no, I didn't. No, that wasn't me. Oh, darn it. He's back. Shoot. Yeah. That's one thing you don't want to do when you are uh, bringing down a beast is you want to make sure you you don't shoot him in the leg. (laughs) Yeah. Shot me in the leg. That wasn't good. It just made me mad. Good morning this morning, everybody. 
Good morning, everybody. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios, it is Radio Free Almond, and I got a lot of ground to cover still. Uh-oh. Here, wait a minute. Breaking news. Oh, okay. That sounds... Oh, that's all right. They're going to turn it into a criticism of, uh, of President Trump, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Oh, Lord. Times 2018 person of the year is uh, is the S- Jamal Khashoggi who was uh, murdered in uh, supposedly by the Saudi royals. I don't know. That's a safe choice, I guess. They're going to they're gonna try to turn it into a... Uh, uh, they're going to try to turn it into a a anti-Trump thing. And Margaret, you're right. You are angel warriors. You guys have been fantastic, and and I have so appreciated uh, your support. You can't I, you can't even believe how how great and inspiring all of your support has been. And I have uh, told you time and time again how uh, Im- important you are uh, to me. And uh, and and what you guys have done for me, and and how I'm so grateful on behalf of my family and everything else of what you've uh, what you've done for me and and your support. So it's been pretty amazing, uh, and uh, thank you for that. And Bill, you know you're right. Smash. See, that's the thing that the, the network, the Radio Free Allman Network's a full blown uh, network, and so uh, there are going to be a, a bunch of people who are going to have a variety of shows throughout the day. On Radio Free Almond, and so uh, it's going to be, it's going to be 2019 is going to be uh, a good year. By the way, Time said that President Trump was also up for the Person of the Year, and uh, Robert Mueller was also a runner-up for the Person of the Year. And I got to tell you, how is it? How is it that? Uh, well, yeah, you're right. They were considering Dr. Ford as well, uh, Terry. And that might have been them just trolling. I, I don't know, uh, but but how how she could have been person of the year after being basically round roundly uh, pushed back with her lies is is beyond me. So, uh, but President Trump would have made a would have made a great choice because I, I don't think. It can be argued – because supposedly the, the person of the year – I don't know. I'm not going to give this a whole lot more discussion here because nobody cares about Times person of the year. But anyway uh, – but I, just for the sake of discussion here because you, you're going to hear it all over the news. Uh, the, the, the person of the year is for better or for worse. So I think at one point you know, Hitler was I – don't, I don't know. I can't remember. But, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's whoever has the most impact on – the world, or the most impact on the country, what have you, uh, and uh, I think it could be safe to say that Donald Trump has had a huge uh, uh, inco- uh, impact on this country, uh, and, and even the left will admit that uh, they'll say it was a negative impact. But even the left will admit that it was that that Donald Trump had a huge impact on this country, and so. Uh, I, I I can't believe they didn't they they didn't uh, consider that. Now I will have to tell you um, that I don't 
I think it's important to remember the sacrifices of some of these journalists, but I don't think they're I don't think they merit person of the year. Uh, so uh I don't uh I don't really just in all honesty, Khashoggi he yeah, he was killed at the Saudi Arabian. I mean, I'm not I'm not being unsympathetic to that murder and everything else. I don't know, but I don't know exactly what, what, what merits the person of the year for him or the Capitol Gazette was this Maryland newspaper where this guy killed five staffers. Um, Maria Reza was a founder of the Philippine news site Rappler that covers the drug war. And somebody from Reuters, another person who's jailed in Myanmar. It's like, okay, I get it, but what what kind of impact are these people really having on the world right now? I, I'm, I'm, but again, I'm sitting here arguing about something most of you don't even give a rip about. I know you do. I know you do care about Batwoman, though, don't you? The uh, Batwoman has finally arrived uh, on the uh, on the CW uh, Elseworlds. Okay. So I don't know whether you guys actually uh, pay attention to this, but uh, apparently Batwoman is uh, a lesbian in 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 this. Uh, I didn't know that uh, that 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 uh, Batwoman essentially was an iconic lesbian superhero. I didn't know that. Um. Uh, and and, it, and it, this whole thing is so confusing because I don't really watch the TV. But but we got into this discussion about Batwoman, and there were some people early on saying, "Well, I didn't even I never thought that she was. I don't know. I always thought I, being a lesbian wasn't a, would, would not have been a big deal and would not have been beyond the realm of of comprehension." I, I was weird because when I when I was well, this is probably too much information. I don't really need to get into this, but uh, the uh, like when well, like Catwoman in the old Batman series back in the sixties was uh, was was my first time as a young person that I ever was like, oh, huh, you know what I mean. Like it was like the first time as a uh, a little boy that I ever like uh, had any feelings uh, like that. You know, I'm not. I, I don't know how to, else to describe it, but um, you know, uh, Catwoman and probably uh, Marianne. There were two uh, two TV characters that I kind of. Uh, uh, gravitated towards as a, a little boy. I don't know why, uh, but nonetheless, I was attracted to those uh, two entities. And I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Catwoman, to me, when I was a little boy, was hot. I mean, I don't know what the the deal was with that whole thing, but uh, Catwoman and then um, and then uh, Marianne was, was, the, was the one. I think, you know, I do have to admit, too, that Trixie in Speed Racer was kind of attractive to me, but she was like a cartoon character, so I don't know why I'd be like, you know, uh, 
Oh, yeah, Hillary, lust. I don't know. Can you really be a little boy? Can you really lust after something as a little boy? I really didn't have any, like, I didn't, like, I didn't have any, like, I didn't even know what it was. It's hard for me to explain, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I didn't even, that that wasn't even really, uh, that really wasn't really like, I didn't, I didn't have, like, as a little boy, I didn't have visions of, of anything that would be lustful because I was, I was a little boy. I just had, I had feelings of attraction, you know, but I don't know. Is that, is that love? I don't know. Yeah. First love. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And, and actually it was, uh, it was Julie Newmar who was the one I, uh, I, uh, I was, I was more, that was that, that one. It was the Julie Newmar one. Catwoman. I think Eartha Kitt and some of the others were Catwomen, but but Julie Newmar was was my Catwoman. Julie Newmar, she's still around, I think. I can't explain. And, and the Trixie thing, just just to, just to show you that that uh, that the Trixie thing is a cartoon character. You know, I mean, I you know, um, you know, there's always that that decision. Everybody is kind of like, um, you know. Uh, you you have a choice. You you make choices. Like for instance, you know, uh, are you a Marianne person or are you a ginger person? And I was always kind of a Marianne person. Ginger was too. I don't know. I don't know. She was too much. But Marianne was. I liked Marianne. So I was a Marianne person. Are you, some some people were either a uh, uh, Wilma or a Betty person. Like some people thought Wilma was hot, other people thought Betty Betty Rubble was hot, and you know that's that's the kind of stupid boy discussions uh, you'd have later on in life. But um, but that's that's uh, oh she's a conservative too, huh, Dean? Good, more power to you. Ju- I'd get her on the air. Of course, then I'd be talking to an eighty-five-year-old lady about how when I was a little boy. I mean, that wouldn't be. But I could still talk to her and just not bring that up, right? I could just get her on the air and uh, and and talk to her and just not discuss that. That wouldn't that that at that point I wouldn't have to be uh, I wouldn't have to have that uncomfortable discussion about her being my first uh, my first lust as as Hillary put it. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. I guess we better get into the uh, the, the uh, continued response to the Kevin Hart deal. This thing, did you realize that the Oscars are now uh, might be hostless? Okay, so so apparently uh, the Oscars are no longer going to be hosted by one person. They've decided they're going to maybe make it into uh, a, a a a hosting by committee or. Whatever else they're going to, how they're going to do it, I don't know. Uh, Saturday Night Live had an interesting bit about Kevin Hart because because it's interesting how there are a lot of people in the uh, showbiz business who are, yeah, Hillary, move on. I know. I'm with you. Um, (laughs) Chuck's like, I'm glad you're not a Mrs. Howell person. No, I wasn't a Mrs. Howell person. I didn't, I didn't really see. The thing is, though, when I was a kid, I didn't assess things that way. I just knew to a certain degree how I felt, but I didn't assess, I didn't like sit there and when I, as a young man, 
or as a kid watching, uh, you know, watching Gilligan's Island and and like, oh yeah, hey, there's you know, I did I didn't that wasn't the thing, you know, but there were but you had certain you know things that were you know uh, tripping your mind, but uh, but I wasn't watching them just so I can get a good look at Marianne. It was one of those things. <laughs> or for that matter, Batman. Anyway. All right. So Saturday Night Live dealt with this Kevin Hart thing. And it's been actually kind of refreshing to see people who are even kind of uh, mid-level Hollywoodians. And I'm, not, I'm talking about people who otherwise might not be considered conservatives per se, who are pointing out all these other people who have – made all these gay jokes uh, and other things, uh, period, who have said these kinds of things. And actually, maybe a lot of this is, um, is uh, a, an indication to us that, you know, maybe actually gay jokes really aren't funny. You know, maybe, maybe it's kind of like, I mean, I'm surprised even liberals, because uh, we saw what Joy Reid talked about. She's at MSNBC, and we've heard about all these other gay jokes that people make that are derogatory against gays or that call people gay or whatever it happens to be, whatever. Um, and, and, and you're thinking, well, that's kind of like, it doesn't seem kind of outdated anyway. And, and I guess to a certain degree, because... Gays themselves sometimes will make fun of themselves. Maybe that's still the one remaining kind of minority that you could still kind of make fun of safely. I, I don't know because you couldn't you, you couldn't say the same things about blacks or you couldn't say the same things about Hispanics or or any other minority out there. Uh, or, or even for that matter, transsexuals. I mean, you, you couldn't or cross, whatever. Uh, you couldn't do that, but I guess they're still the last remaining uh, area that you can go into and not really have a whole lot of backlash, which I guess uh, because of the general self-deprecation of some folks out there I, I don't uh, in, the, in, the, in the gay world. I don't know, but it seems to me like I'm looking at all these examples of terrible things that other people have said about gays. I'm thinking to myself, um, why – how is that funny? I mean, why, how is that? Why, why is that happening so much? Anyway, so what I'm saying is uh, Kevin Hart, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condone some of the things he said, but I'm thinking, why single him out? You know, why, why is he suddenly the guy that everybody has to attack? And, and I know you guys have – this has been talked about um, – uh, oh. <laughs> Emily, you are – Awesome. I, 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 you must be exactly. Well, I'm not going to try to age you, but you must be around my age because you just brought up HR Puffin stuff and Land of the Lost, and and you thought the guys, the kid from HR Puffin stuff, and Will from Land of the Lost were hot. So I like that, but but. uh yeah, H.R. Puffin, those were the times when, like, back at, there was a certain timing, time period, I'll get to the Saturday Night Live thing in a second, but now you got, you know how you are with me, I am distracted, but I'll come back to where I was before. H.R. Puffin, there was a, there was a, the, like, the banana splits and H.R. Puffin stuff were back when they had kind of these uh, shows that were uh, not cartoons, 
but they were like puppet oriented cartoons. Like they were like, you know, uh, the banana splits and HR Puffin stuff. And uh, I can't remember. There were some other ones out there. And these really kind of campy 70s kind of, you know, things. HR Puffin stuff was weird, but I, but I remember watching it. It came on later because normally those were the shows that kind of came on later in the morning. And then uh, eventually, if you if you got to Johnny Quest, you you needed to get the hell out of the house because Johnny Quest came on like at about ten thirty or eleven in the morning. At that point, by the time Johnny Quest came on, you've been watching television uh, way too long because normally we'd get up bright and early you know, have our cereal, whatever, turn on the cartoons and just watch one after the other and flip around to see which one, you know, flip around and, and to the favorite ones. But, um, but, but usually by the time you got the Johnny quest, it was, uh, you were, you needed to get, get out, uh, of the house or do something else. By that time, if Johnny quest came on, you were like sensing your mother was like just about to put the hammer down on you and tell you to do something constructive. Get off, get away from the TV. And if you got to the point where Charlie Chan came on, you were either sick or something because uh, you had no business, uh, no business still watching TV by the time Charlie Chan came on, which was usually at about uh, one or two in the afternoon. At that point, you were either really super lazy or something was going on. But by the time Charlie Chan came on in the afternoon, uh, that was, that was when you've overstayed your welcome in front of the TV was when Charlie Chan came on. Remember Charlie Chan, the guy who played Charlie Chan wasn't even Asian. Do you guys know that? That, that show would never fly. Now some guy, you know, pretending to be an Asian dude, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't work now. Although Charlie Chan was a great show. I, I did overstay my welcome in front of the TV every once in a while and watch me some Charlie Chan. And Land of the Lost was also uh, was more uh, more experimental because it, it was that's when they started to play around a little bit beyond cartoons and beyond puppets to you know more of like look like a sitcom type of thing. And never forget when they, uh, hey, 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 Fat Albert. Yeah, he, he was on late, too. That was, uh, Fat Albert was a good one. But anyway, they, Margaret. And so they had, uh, the Land of the Lost was, like, so campy. They had the, uh, um, what up, Charles Lewis Flag the Third? What's going on, brother? Oh, yeah. Mon Paul Kettle and the Bowery Boys. Yeah, you were way, way, and Charlie Chan and Abbott Costello, you you had some kind of pass to be able to sit in front of the TV at that point. That was early afternoon, so you had something. You had some special pass, or you were home alone, or something was going on because you had no business watching the Bowery Boys as a as a kid. Because you either that or it was like pouring down rain or something. But normally you weren't allowed to. But anyway, Land of the Lost had the, uh, the opening scene of Land of the Lost had the. Uh, the campiest opening because all they did was they superimposed a uh, they they superimposed a um, like a like a, a people in this boat and and they superimposed it over 
like a little creek. And and it and it made it look like, but it was like a it was like a like a uh, it was really weird. It was like they they put it over a creek and, and made it look like it was um, uh, floating down a river. And it was like you could tell. It was like that's a, was like that's like superimposed over this creek, floating down a river. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Look at that. They took a picture of a little creek. I mean, you have to admire Sid and Marty Croft, though. I mean, they made, they made do with what they had. good banjo playing too it was a life raft chuck you know what's cool about this whole thing is that somewhere Somewhere out there in the world, there's somebody related to the guy who played the banjo on the Land of the Lost theme song. Like, there's somebody who has, like, a casual conversation. They kind of improved upon it later in the 90s. They made a different intro. But you have, to, you, have to, you have to imagine there's somebody out there who's like, yeah, my dad, my uh, grandpa was the was the banjo player in the in the Land of the Lost uh, theme song. I'm like, wow, really? Somebody out there has that claim to fame. Somebody played that banjo in that intro, and they're out there somewhere, or their relatives are. And they probably think it's the grooviest darn thing on earth. Then they had the 1991 version of the Land of Lost. That's not that's not acceptable. I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I can't. I can't watch it. That's that's not really the Land of the Lost. But yeah, somebody, somebody, uh, somebody. Uh, you didn't play the banjo. Somebody else played that banjo. I know. Me. You didn't make. Land of the Lost, somebody else made that happen. That's right. All right, so uh, on to Saturday Night Live. And this is them talking about the... Uh, uh, yeah, Dan, there was a remake of Land Like It was like a 2009 movie or something, yeah? I remember that. All right, so uh, let's get on with this. So Saturday Night Live actually tackled the Kevin Hart thing. And, and it's interesting how uh, mainstream Hollywoodians have actually come out in defense of him and, and and the reality is the Oscars decided they probably were going to have this you know hostless type of uh, affair because anybody who came and replaced Kevin Hart would probably wind up uh, being criticized 
because and, and and considered to be a traitor of sorts. But here's the other reason why they're doing a hostless event because they can't pick anybody that you can't go back in time and find something offensive that they said. That's why they're not that's why they don't have a host. I mean if you pick Jimmy Kimmel You'd have to go back in time and uh, the, the man show or whatever the hell that was or when, when he was uh, sexually harassing women with his microphone. Uh, you know, they, they, you know uh, they can't find anybody that doesn't have a spotty tweet someplace or a spotty uh, movie, uh, action someplace or, uh, or, or whatever it happens to be or a spotty joke they told somewhere down the line. They can't find anybody. That's why they're not having a host because, they, because the minute they name that one person, that somebody's going to find a tweet or an old videotape of a joke they made that was offensive. So, uh, you know, that's why they're doing it without a host. Anyway, Saturday Night Live tackled this thing, and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. <laughs> Showed a picture of Bill Cosby. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, and 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 again, they they just and and, and they can't. If they chose somebody else, they wouldn't be able to find anybody. Uh, who had a spotless type of entertainment record. And maybe that's an indication and should be, although far from me to, to, to lecture Hollywood, maybe that ought to be an indication that maybe we care just a little too much uh, uh, about this stuff. Maybe we uh, are, are overthinking a lot of what's going on. And you know what? Uh, maybe we ought to stop being hypocrites too. Maybe that would, maybe that would help as well. But unfortunately, um, people aren't are way too overwrought about everything. So either you have to sanitize everything or just stop worrying about everything somebody says. That's all. Do I dare delve into the... uh, into the baby it's cold outside deal again because uh, I've interviewed her before uh, and and she's very interesting. Her name is Deanna Martin and she is uh, the daughter of Dean Martin and she has come out and she had this uh, uh, slam, this controversy uh, calling the concerns about the song's lyrics insane so she was on she was on Fox News and they uh and she talked about it and she said it was crazy. <laughs> it's it's interesting how I love how Dean Martin I, I called her Deanna, but it's fun it's interesting how uh 
Dean Martin named <laughs> their kid Dina. It's like, that's clever, buddy. Good job. She's a very nice lady, by the way. She's a singer, too. Yeah, uh, and and these Christmas controversies, and I have to tell you, I, I we talked about this last week, and and uh, you know the, the, who was the then there was another one where they were people who were wanting to ban a candy cane because uh, it uh, ha- it was shaped like a J for Jesus, and it's like and, and candy canes weren't allowed someplace because they were shaped like a J. It's like man, people just seemingly have way too much time on their hands and get, and get worried about the weirdest stuff. That's why I sometimes shy away from uh, Christmas controversies. Cause I just, I, it, cause every time you turn around, there's something that somebody's complaining about or nitpicking about. And like, even this whole thing about the uh, song controversy, this radio station basically did that for publicity. The, 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 this was a thing last year, and I think it was a thing the year before that. And and, and I think it just kind of ultimately uh, uh, tends to get a little old after a while. Uh, and and uh, I think I think at some point it, it, it tends to uh, to uh, jump the shark a little bit, at least for at least from from my point of view. Oh, by the way, you know what the Christmas controversy? I uh, yeah, Margaret. It was some. It was, I don't even know where that was. I listen to a story like that and I'll, I like tune out because I know that nobody really cares. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get too too uh, weirded out about it. You know, the one Christmas controversy I have though, I would like to uh, to talk about is the theft of my plastic lighted Santa a number of years ago. Actually, I know what year it was. It was 2004. And I have the picture of it here. This is uh, this is the uh, I had a motorized plastic Santa, and it was a um, it was really cool. I I, I got it, and it, it was it was a laugh like a laughing. So he's going back and forth like he was laughing. It was Santa Claus uh, with his hands on his stomach, and he was kind of going back and forth laughing. Uh, you know, the whole bowl full of jelly had a belly like a bowl full of jelly, and he uh, I had him on my front porch. And I'll be darned if somebody didn't steal that thing off of my front porch. Like, you know, and I realized back in the day, I guess people, people steal stuff and they put it on eBay and sell it and do that kind of thing. So who knows whatever happened with that. But can you imagine taking like a lighted plastic Santa? I mean, what kind of like dark ass soul you have to have to, to, to do something like that, like to steal somebody's Christmas display pieces? And and that thing couldn't possibly be uh, that valuable. I mean, I, I guess you could get what forty, fifty bucks for it on eBay, but really, like, why? How could you? 
even consider that. Now, the, I was trying to uh, – in, in trying to kind of not feel horrible about the whole event and, and, and work it out uh, and, and, and figure it out, uh, I tried to kind of justify it, I guess, in my mind. And I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe – the person I got it from, the people I bought it from, or I was able to receive it from, I think my mother-in-law gave it to me, in fact. I can't remember. But 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 the people I um, got this from, maybe actually they had it stolen from them. And maybe somebody saw it and thought, well, maybe I need to steal it back because it was ours. To, I don't know. I was trying to justify because how anybody could just out of the blue go and steal a Christmas display, like a plastic lighted Santa like that, and 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 not feel remotely like they're going to hell. I mean, I couldn't imagine the what you'd how you'd you'd be able how you would possibly justify that in your mind stealing a Christmas display. So that's why I thought, well, maybe there was something that these people saw and they had to, they had to do it uh, because it, it was stolen from them and they're returning it to its I, – I don't know. I, just, I, I, I couldn't imagine somebody just doing that out of the blue. But anyway, that's the picture of it. I put it up on here on the uh, on display. And you guys also saw, hopefully on Facebook, I, I put it up on the – I'm going to put it up on my other Facebook page today, but – on my private Facebook page, but you guys saw on the uh, Radio Free Almond page my uh, my favorite inside ornament, my favorite inside display, which is my um, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, my my Walgreens nativity scene. And you know what's interesting is it took me a while when I had this. I love it because there's a light show in it and everything else. But it took me a while because I finally realized I saw this uh, red button on it. And I, I put it up there. You could see it. Um, I saw this red button on it. And I, um, I said, that, look, that red button looks familiar. It kind of looks familiar. And so I looked on the back of it. And the people who manufactured this, uh, this nativity scene uh, is a company called Gemma Industries, G-E-M-M-A Industries. And Gemma Industries is the same people that makes the uh, Big Mouth Billy Bass. You know, the talking bass? So if you, if you look at the talking uh, bass, you'll see the same red button. It's the same little red button in the middle there that you push for the, for the Big Mouth Billy Bass to... Uh, to um, to go. I think that's fascinating. The same people who do the big mouth Billy Bass also made the most awesome nativity scene you could possibly imagine. Isn't that great? What a country. I don't even know where Gemma Industries is, but yeah. And one more thing about Plastic Santa and I'll move on. The uh, Ben Murphy texted me over the weekend and this is further proof that I, I do indeed have every – and I'll put the pictures up on the – somebody asked me the day. I'm a little late putting the pictures up. It's been up for a couple of weeks now, my display, but I haven't put the pictures up yet on Facebook. But uh, the uh, Ben Murphy texted me over the weekend and sent me a picture of a, 
uh, plastic lighted Santa that he must have run across at a at a uh, antique store somewhere, and asked me if I had it. And I wasn't at home at the time, and I thought, well, I I think I have that one. It's, it's the it's the it's I'm pretty sure I do. It's the uh, it's the Santa with the he has a gift in his hand and it's blue. And I, I t- finally texted him back and I said, yeah, I, uh, I, I had it. Um, and, and, uh, Oh, hold on a second here. Jim's. Oh, hold on a second. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I mean, I'm texting Jim Talon. He texted me because we were, we were kind of off because of uh, Monday. Uh, um, and so I, I might, I might have to, I might have to get him on here. I, I, for, I, I kind of forgot. I was a little bit off on this one, so I'm going to get him. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on a second here. Yeah, so uh, I'll see if I can get him him on here. But yeah, so anyway, Ben texted me at, at the the picture of of uh, of it, and I said that um, I know I already have it, and it turns out that actually um, I did. Uh, further proof that indeed I have. Uh, um, okay, good, Jimmy. All right, good. Seven thirty. Yes, tomorrow. Sorry, I'm having a conversation. All right, yeah. Okay, so Jim's going to be on with me tomorrow. Uh, so, so further proof, and I told, told you guys a while back that I do believe I have every single plastic lighted Santa ever made. And, um, yeah, hold on. There we go. Sorry, folks. This is all behind the scenes stuff. I got to get taken care of here. Um, yeah. So it's proof I have every single one because he texted me and I go, "Yep, I have that one. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, it's the one with the where he's holding the gift and it's blue. I think there might be a yellow one out there with a yellow gift on it, but somebody must have painted that. I think I don't know. And Paul, if somebody stole your, uh, uh, somebody stole uh, no Carrie, somebody stole the plastic uh, baby Jesus. Now that is, uh, uh that's. Now that's grave right there. I mean, it's, it's one thing to steal a plastic lighted Santa. It's another thing to steal a plastic lighted baby Jesus. I mean, that's where you're uh, getting into. Now, unless, of course, it's some kind of gang initiation. Then maybe you have an excuse. Bring, bring me a pl- In order to join the gang, you must bring a plastic lighted baby Jesus. For initiation into the gang, like okay, I'll go grab one then. That'd be only, uh, you know, the only thing. <laughs> Phyllis, was there really a uh, an episode of Dragnet where they investigated the theft of a baby Jesus from a church? He was recovered. A little boy had the baby Jesus, so we could give him a ride in his new wagon that he got for Christmas. Oh, that must have been a uh, that must have been a heartwarming. Dragnet. That must have been a Christmas edition a Christmas edition of Dragnet, huh? Interesting. All right, so the follow-up to you all remember Romania 
Uh, this was back in the early 90s. And, uh, oh, so it was, a, it was a thing a few years ago, huh? All right. So uh, do you remember uh, back in the early 90s, and it was uh, Ceausescu who was the Romanian leader. I think it was maybe 89. Um, let me see. Uh, um, Ceausescu, Romania. I want to get the date right because I watched the whole um, – uh, I watched a whole thing about um uh, about this um and uh let me see Romanian revolution it was uh it was in, yeah it was 89 okay so I'll never forget this I, and 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 I remember watching it when it happened and I watched a documentary on it or the uh, or a tape or uh, of it uh on YouTube not too long ago and there was uh, Nikolai Ceausescu and his wife, Elena, and she was a beast, and he was a little turdball. But nonetheless, they, um, they were communists, and, and they ruled uh, the Socialist Republic of Romania. Ceausescu got involved. I think his, his soldiers at one point uh, split up some kind of... Uh, of protest or something and somebody was killed and that began kind of this uh age of uh where where there were people who were kind of uh, grew more suspicious by the day uh the Romanian dictatorship and so uh it got kind of bad and then then there started to be there were protests all throughout the country uh and, and it became kind of a uh a really a really kind of crazy period of civil unrest in Romania. So to, 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 to see this image, you have to see it kind of to believe it. It's kind of like, it's kind of probably how Hillary's face looked on election night. So Ceausescu and his wife decide they're going to address the people from the palace and, and from the palace balcony. And it was Ceausescu announcing that he was going to give everybody some kind of major increase in their wages. So he was trying to kind of uh, buy their support by giving them uh, increases in their wages. And so he goes out there to start talking to the people, and he hears uh, a bunch of uh, rumbling and there's certain protests and finally the protests actually get even hotter and louder and more and and the people start and the chants start to become a lot more audible and so there's a camera whoever's filming this or doing whatever on Ceausescu's face at the time and 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 his wife is telling everybody to be quiet and uh, and, and he has this look on his face like he's completely shocked that his people are turning on him, and, and, and he and he's visibly shocked. So he's sitting out there, and he's 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 almost ashen faced as he looks at this agreeable Romanian public suddenly turning on him. And 
and, and, and starting a scene. And so at that point, uh, it becomes pretty clear that this guy's days are numbered, that, 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 that his empire, that his leadership, that his uh, being head of Romania uh, is starting to come to an end. And somehow during this whole thing, this whole appearance, uh, a helicopter arrives at the palace and actually kind of almost, uh, I think, lands on the roof or another balcony someplace. And he and Elena eventually get the hell out of Dodge. They they leave. And, And at that point, they're kind of on the run. And so they actually are finally uh, – they're, they're finally captured, uh, uh, I guess, days later. I don't know what it is. Uh, they're finally captured, and then there's some kind of uh, – there's some, some kind of trial that is kind of like a kangaroo court, unfortunately. And uh, they walk out into a courtyard, and, and they are blasted as they stand near a wall, he and his wife are both – uh, riddled with bullets, and it was really kind of like a. It, it, I, I'm not quite sure most uh, civilized societies would uh, approve of uh, of how this whole thing went down. Uh, but boy, they 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 didn't. But they had the trial. But it was kind of like a. You know, they they probably could have done this. Still executed them at some point, maybe. But because uh, they were bad people, I mean, they were. And they killed some Romanians, and so they they were not good people. But for a while there, all the Romanians loved him until suddenly things turned. Well, it was similar to what I saw when I saw Macron go before the French people as he decided he was going to uh, address uh the people and address this this massive protest in his country, and uh, they, they're trying to. And he went on TV to try to kind of. Uh, it was first in anger, and the prime minister was canceling, uh, moving all the increases scheduled for the start of next year. And so he goes before the people on this TV. This time he's not on a balcony or anything, but he's going through the other people, uh, trying to. Uh, trying to pacify the protesters. I mean, there have been weeks of this unrest in France, and these are all people who are, uh, who are, you know, casing claims are just a bunch of, you know, low-level workers. That's not the case. That they're, they're what represents the middle class. Uh, and, uh, and, and he... And what's, what happened here, and the problem you have here in France is not dissimilar to the problem you've had before that, that created revolutions and backlash. And you have an entire middle class in France, and many of them are people – they're not necessarily Parisians as much as they are uh, people who live outside of Paris but who drive into Paris for work. And 70% of people in France utilize their cars to go to work. So when, uh, when Macron introduced the 25 cent a gallon increase, uh, I'm sorry, a liter increase on already seven plus 
uh, a gal, a leader price already, it was crippling to these individuals who, uh, who found it uh, uh, unaffordable. It's just another way that they were being soaked by their government. And Macron, of course, this is, this is the problem when you have a guy like Macron who is um, propped up by the left-wing media here and, and, and propped up by other uh, more liberal people around the world. And, and, you, and you're listening to them instead of listening to the people you're representing, the, 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 the people you're leading. So you're listening to other people. Instead of the people that you're leading, and that always gets you into trouble. And and uh, it's not unlike uh, when Entercom made its decision based on people who don't listen to the radio station. Well, it didn't really work out for them very well because they they weren't paying attention to the people that actually are truly important to them, and instead listening to other people. They're their liberal brethren when they don't run a liberal radio station. So that's what happens when you're not paying attention to the, the, the people that, uh, that pay your checks, that, that basically uh, are, are, are people who are you know, really the ones who are important to you. That's what happens when you, when you, when you, when you take your eye off the ball. So Macron did that. He, he, was, uh, he thought it would be groovy to go ahead and try to wean people off, wean people off fossil fuels. Because after all, his buddy Barack Obama tried that. And all the other Democrats around the world think that's groovy. I mean, there's, there's a reason why this accord that we pulled out of was the Paris Accord. Because the French and, and other Western Europeans are addicted to this left-wing, no more fossil fuels thing. They love that whole, that whole green revolution, except we're the ones who wound up being the ones suffering the most from it. So, so President Trump pulled out, and wisely so. Because when you're the only ones actually abiding by an accord, and, and, and Americans are losing jobs because you're the only ones abiding by the accord, you need to come in and say, we're not abiding by this accord anymore. This is, this is it. So uh, that's what happened. Uh, and, and so Macron wound up not listening to his people and not even realizing that, oh, yeah, that's right. 70% of my people in France utilize cars. 25 cents an increase on a liter of gas or 25, whatever they're using, euros, an increase in uh, 25 cents or whatever. Yeah, cents. I don't know what they call the euro cents. Anyway, uh, it is not something these people are going to like. And, and it, in fact, it's going to hurt them. So uh, they, they decide to, yeah, Dean, it's unlistenable now, their station, riddled with commercials. And they have to, they have to keep doing the commercials because um, now they're uh, discounting everything over there, trying to stay afloat. And so – uh, they're 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 getting everybody in there, but everybody's paying about a half of a quarter of what the other people were paying before. So in order to make up your money, you have to like instead of having five strong advertisers that you're billing full price, when you have to cut your rates down just to stay afloat, you have to have then 
10 advertisers at your cut rate. That's why there's nothing but commercials because that's how you got to stay afloat. That's how that works. That's that's uh, that's the that's the that's that's the result of Entercom firing me. So that's that's why you have twice as many commercials now. It's not because people are flocking to the radio station to buy advertising. It's because they're selling advertising at such dirt cheap prices that anybody's going on there paying nothing, but they're 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 making they're trying to make their money by volume and not by pricing. So like I said, you got if if you have you had before I left you had like a five strong advertisers and they were paying because I was getting great ratings and great results. And I also uh, take good care of the people who advertise on my show uh, and always do. I, for 17, 18 years in this business, uh, the hallmark, my I separated myself from the other guys because I super serve the people who support my show. So anyway, so we would have five advertisers let's say, and I'm just pulling out five just, just for the sake of the ease of number. Five advertisers, right? And, and they're all paying a good price for their advertising before I leave. Entercom fires me. These advertisers are like going, um, you don't, your ratings are terrible and nobody, and, and you just fired the guy who brought us our customers, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll give you the ads for half price now just to keep you and also to keep the illusion that there's still people advertising on the show. But the problem is when you give people for uh, – when you, when you give the advertisers, uh, five of them, you cut their, their costs. You cut them in half. Well, you're not making budget. You're not making any money. So what do you have to do? You have to get five more at the cheap price to keep your inventory up. So now you have – 10 advertisers all paying like dirt cheap prices, but you're cluttering the airwaves just so you can make money. And, and again, this isn't the fault of the people at 971. This is the fault of, uh, of Entercom, which cares little about the people who work at 971 and cares even less about you. Because they think you're going to still listen to them even if you, you, you never hear anybody but, but advertisers. And again, there's nothing wrong with advertisers, but the clutter is there because they fired me and they have to sell advertising so cheaply that they have to sell it now by volume just to, just to make a budget, which they haven't made. That's the, that's the problem. And, and and it's not my problem anymore, uh, but but the uh, but the uh, but but it's but just goes to show you this company doesn't care about its listeners and certainly doesn't care about its employees there. That's for sure. And speaking of the employees, yeah, Tim said, "Do I um, do I have contact with old? No, actually, no. I, I really." No, nobody really. I, 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 um, every once in a while when, um, when we had a, uh, 
recent uh, death of a mutual friend, um, I texted Denise and, and let her know that he he passed away, and um, and that was pretty much it. So we've we've kind of just a couple times texted back and forth, but really nobody uh, talks to me from there anymore. I don't I don't talk to them. So Facebook friends with people, you know, but you know I I, I gave a thumbs up to a picture of Pippi the other day. I mean I'm not, I don't have anything against you know it's just the way it goes. People people just you know. You'd be amazed. You'd think that you'd think that people who you work with for seventeen years would would uh, would say hi every once in a while. But you know, what are you going to do? I'm, I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't worry. I don't worry about it. If I worried about it, it'd be driving me nuts. Anyway, I got to go back to uh, Macron. So uh, Macron wasn't much. Well, and the reason why I got the intercom is it's similar. Uh, intercom reacted to people who don't pay their bills. So they reacted to people who don't listen to the radio station. And I used the analogy before. It's like, it's like Coca-Cola scrambling to change its recipe because a bunch of seven up drinkers complained instead of Coca-Cola saying, of course you don't like Coke. You drink seven up. Yeah, but we want you to change the recipe anyway. It's like, no, because people who drink Coca-Cola Love Coca-Cola. Why would I change the recipe? Because 7-Up drinkers like it. But Intercom's too stupid to figure that out because uh, that's what happens when you, you, you're gifted your company by your daddy at your bar mitzvah. That's what happened. That's how you run a company. You don't know anything about, about broadcasting. So they, they decide that they are going to uh, uh, listen to a bunch of left-wingers who don't even pay attention to the radio station, don't even listen to the radio station. But they're going to make a rash decision based on the uh, a, a mob of people who don't even listen to them. It, it's kind of like you know, um, it's kind of like when when uh, Charles Jaco was the one one of the people who complained about uh, about Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Well, Charles Jaco doesn't have a pot to piss in. I mean, he's he's spending pretty much all of his money on heart medicine and cigarettes, and probably whatever whatever liquor he's drinking. That guy doesn't. That guy's never set foot in in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I mean, I mean, n- none of these left wing zeros set foot in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. But there was Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, we're sorry, we don't support the show anymore. It's like you 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 wouldn't have any customers if it wasn't for me. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I mean, I you know, uh, I gave I gave the place you know a little bit more of a of a of a hipper edge to it because otherwise it's just you know it's it's just one of those yeah it's a steakhouse. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Charles Jaco wouldn't. It doesn't even Charles Jaco eats cat food. He's so impoverished. And while I guess his wife is supporting him, but you know, whatever. So that guy's not going. That guy's not going to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. But there he was on Twitter, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, and they responded, and it's like, oh no, you know, uh, it was it was the it was the craziest thing. And and, and they were only trade, by the way. I, I got gifts. I was paid in gift certificates by these people, and that's listed as one of the advertisers who left me. It's like, oh lord. Yeah.
But yeah, they, uh, they, uh, they, um, but, and, and, well, and, and, and Margaret, don't worry about Charles. Charles is, uh, was upset because you realize that he and I had a show together at 97.1. I came in as the new dog and ran him out of there. And he hated me ever since. So Jaco had this awful show on 97.1. I guess he was a morning show. I mean, it was terrible. And Jaco was horrible. And, and, and he, uh, he, uh, I came in there to co-host, thanks to my friend John Beck, who hired me, and it wasn't seven months before uh, before Jaco was run out of Dodge. You know, I I was kind of like it. You know, I remember this when I when I was a kid. I had a old Schnauzer named Fritz. Then we got a new Schnauzer, a little puppy named Barney, and Fritz. Poor little Fritz was hobbling around and. Barney was like a little puppy, and finally he just kind of would knock Fritz over, and I feel bad about that, but the old, the old dog. But uh, So I came in there, and I uh, made Jaco look like an idiot every time, and finally he, he was he, – he, I, think, I, think I think the claim was that he quit on his own, but they were going to fire him anyway because he was terrible. And 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 and, and Jaco, that's that's what um, got him out of KMOX. You know, he was he was, and I'll never forget Jaco uh, when I first met him. Apparently, St. Louis at that time, unfortunately, sometimes is so cowtowny that when Jaco came from CNN, uh, and and uh, in fact, I remember being up in Madison, Wisconsin, working for a radio station. Uh, it was NPR, and we would take AP reports. Or I maybe it was TDY, I don't know. And it would and he was C D Jaco at the time. He had his porn star mustache going and everything else. And then he had his famous uh uh fake war reporting. And then they and then they, they um they uh uh and, and he his I remember interviewing him, I was at Channel Four and everybody was like, Oh my god, Charles Jaco from CNN is coming to work for uh, Channel Four. I don't forget Jaco showing me a watch he's wearing, and it was a watch that was stolen from Manuel Noriega when we when we got rid of Manuel Noriega in Panama. You know, uh, Panamanian strongman Manuel Noriega, and I'll never forget Jaco showing me this watch he was wearing and bragging. That it was Manuel Noriega's watch. And even then, I'm thinking to myself, damn, man. I'm talking to some dude like wearing a stolen watch. And he's working for KMOX. I mean, that's the kind of dark ass soul uh, Charles Jaco was. He's like, he'd, he'd, he'd like wear a, a stolen watch. I don't care who it's from. But yeah, no, Margaret, I don't have to, I need to get this Macron thing, but I do remember the, uh, uh, Jaco thought, Jaco thought there was, he was standing there and it, and I swear, it, the more I think about it, the more that looks so fake, that whole thing, they were up on a rooftop, whatever. But anyway, uh, he's, he's standing there doing his reporting and suddenly he puts on this gas mask 
and he's like, oh, my God. And the guy next to him is wearing a helmet. Looks like uh, Artie Johnson from Laughing wearing his helmet. And, and, and Jacob's like, oh, my God. It turns out like it was a cameraman's cigarette or something that he was smelling. He thought he was being gassed. What an idiot. <laughs> I ought to find that. Screw it. Anyway, my longest. Can I just get the. Let me finish up Macron here real quickly. So, uh, Macron. Uh, hold on. He. Um, he did a, a. Macron did a. Uh, a. A wrong move where he, he believed the left wing and the Obamas and all the green freaks and didn't think about 70% of his population that drove to work every day. And so, of course, they all revolted. And part of the revolt was not just about the 25 cents a liter increase on, uh, on the gasoline. It was about the middle class finally being tired of being squeezed and tired of watching, for instance, some migrant from North Africa just walking into France and receiving government assistance and being propped up by the government. And then the rich of France can well afford 25 cents increase. But there was the middle class once again being squeezed. They're the ones who had to pay. Because if you're rich in, in France, you don't worry about 25 cents a gallon increase. And if, and if you're some dirt leg from, from northern Africa who just came over because, hell, our borders are open and you're getting a check from France just for existing, you're not worrying about 25 cents a gallon either because you don't have to pay. You don't have to work for it. So the people who get squeezed and the people who suffer the most are the middle class. They're the ones who are out there. They're the ones who are out there having to work for a living and scrap along. They're the ones who actually are having to do the, the hard work. And so they're upset about it because, 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 because they're turning, they're driving through neighborhoods of people who are solely existing on government assistance. Thanks to actually their paychecks. And that's that, and, and that only that doesn't take too long before you're like, all right, screw this, I'm not dealing with this, I'm hitting the streets. And believe me, the United States of America isn't far off if we keep on allowing any of these uh, progressive socialist Democrats or whatever the hell they want to call themselves sneak into the political environment here. Because right now, the person who has uh, the stopgap is is uh, is. President Trump. And, and by the way, his election, his election is proof that we've already been through a similar revolution. And that came when the middle class in America woke up and discovered that Republicans and Democrats have been screwing them for 25, 30 years, doing nothing about taxes, piling on regulations and making it difficult for people to make money. And so, in many ways, we've already had the revolution that France is having. They're hitting the streets. We went to the ballot box and, and, and took over that way. So, so uh, if, if this happens where some pendulum swings another direction, 
where Ocasio-Cortez and, and progressive socialist Democrats take over, uh, that's not going to fly. But it's also probably not going to happen. President Trump will be elected to a second term. And so uh, the chances of that happening are slim. But we already went through that, keep in mind. We already, we already went through our revolution. It was in November of, uh, of 2016. And much like Ceausescu and Macron, Hillary Clinton stood ashen-faced, looking out into the, to the figurative cl- uh, crowd – uh, or the virtual crowd, I should say, and thinking, I thought you were going to make me president. We're like, no, old girl, we had no intention of making you president. You lost. Go home. Go back into to the woods. You're done. And boy, was she shocked. But I thought I was saying all the right things. I thought I was blah, 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 blah. Nope, you weren't. So Macron... It's finally realizing that uh, that he he got it wrong. This is ten minutes. Now again, as we said, we're not sure. <laughs> So they're standing in front of this. They're standing in front of this blue screen. They're they're obviously up on some kind of balcony of some sort at some hotel, a blue screen, and uh, Jaco and his porn mustache. And there's a, there's a tree behind him that actually looks fake. It's like a palm tree. It looks fake, but I don't know. Here, let me get to let me get to the funniest part though. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Here. So 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 this is where they actually think that there's like there's scud missile attacks going on. And I don't I don't know what that little alarm thing is because it's not really like it doesn't sound like it's in the it doesn't sound like it's like a general like you know when you hear tornado sirens and stuff it doesn't sound like that it sounds like there's like a little toy fire truck that that they turned on that has a siren going on it because it doesn't really sound real i don't know This is where, so, like, what is that? I like, that doesn't even sound like a real warning alarm. This is where Jaco puts on his gas mask. 
he basically like he he almost he almost hits Carl Rochelle with his with his uh, elbow putting his gas mask on. <laughs> he knocks Carl Rochelle down. And he has a gas mask on. Carl Rochelle has this helmet on. You got to look this up. Just just do uh, Charles Jaco fake CNN. I don't know whether it's fake, but. <laughs> and, and so so Jaco's like, do you smell anything? And Rochelle's like, no. And it turns out it was like it was like his cameraman's cigarette or something. You got to watch this to believe, it. and that's really the legacy of uh, of Charles Jaco. And and yeah, Dan, it might be a car. I don't know what it is, but it just it just is it's the most comical thing. But that's your guy who is leading the uh, the resistance in St. Louis right now is uh, none other than this joke, Charles Jaco. It's fun to watch though. Just put in uh, you just you Google, you'll find it. it's all over the internet. It's Charles Jaco's legacy. It's 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 what he's what he's known for that and the theft of uh, Manuel Noriega's watch. Good job, Charles. Good job to all of you too for hanging. That's right, my friends, and the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Thank you so much. DDTruckUSA.com is the website there. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. Thank you also to Michael Proctor. Proctor, spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com for all of your window fashion needs. He's a competitor of all the luxury guys, but you're not paying luxury price with Michael Proctor. He's got his... uh, Mobile design unit, seven days a week, he's there for you. Thank you also to Ricky Hall and the veteran-owned Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is the website right there in Rock Hill, Manchester and McKnight. Check it out. Thank you, Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. Appreciate you as always, brother. Thank you also to Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Tracy and Rick, good friends of mine, and thanks for all you guys do as well. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD is the number for my friends over there. Good people, solid citizens, and two months of no payments when you hook up for a refi with them. So make sure you check that out. Tomorrow, Jim Talon's going to be joining us. Also, I think I'm going to make another run at our friends from U2 Hype. You know, uh, Daniel's going to be at the U City, Del Mar Hall for U2 Hype. And REM is going to be there as well. Tribute bands. But I think this time uh, Daniel's going to bring in the edge, his cohort there. We'll hang out a little bit tomorrow as well.
Have a great rest of your day, everybody.